Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd, and with me, I have... The ultimate light skin. One would say, um, after last night, you know, I guess y'all back on top after uh, versus, right? Versus I mean, Lotto, what's going on? I, I, I don't, I, I don't recognize this back on top thing. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't know we left. You know, uh, you know Drake, you know Chris, you know it's been going on for a Steph. long time now. Steph, Steph, you know, yeah. You yeah, know, this has been going you, on for a long time. Yeah, I, if I were you, I would not stand for this light skin erasure either. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I made a song about it, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. So um, I guess it's where we start, right? Uh, Ludacris versus Nelly. Um, a, a, just a gigantic clash in the light skin community um, between two titans of, of, uh, <laughs> of that persuasion. <laughs> so, so, um, uh, what were your thoughts uh, coming in and in, in going into? What were your thoughts on how this was going to go, or what were your thoughts on like that pairing? So I thought it was an odd pairing because I'd never seen Nelly and Ludacris in the same lane at all. Um, yeah, it, like Nelly's always just been like someone that's cool, but ultimately, ultimately was always on the outside of like the tastemakers of like the day and it was you know it's cool to bring out like yeah he sold this many records and he has this many hits but like i think it played out in the battle especially it's like hmm. nelly ain't i mean there are there are ways he impacted the culture let's not get it but you, you meant that's what i'm gonna ask you you mean like by just like the actual like bar for bar type thing like it's a lyricist that sort of thing yeah like he's yeah, like yeah. no one's giving nelly like respect like that um but it wasn't like he was some bad rapper either he was a good rapper but he right. wasn't a great rapper i get you right I, yeah and, and i i 
listened to Nelly back then, and I thought he was a fairly good rapper, but like right. I never would have considered him like you know the guys I was listening to around the same time was like you know Jay Z, uh, you know the Locks, you know Fab, like Ludacris, Fabulous and Ludacris might have been a little better, but I don't know if Fab would have been able to compete with like you know everything that Luda would have did. Maybe maybe Bus Rhymes and Ludacris, something like that, um, hmm. but. You know, they could have just did Luna and T.I., you know, and quit playing, you know. Um, but but like with, with Luda and Nelly, it was like, OK, I figured that, you know, Ludacris would smoke him <laughs> because like right. even though, you know, they say it's a hit for hit thing. Right. But uh-huh. not really. Like, like this thing is like what had this the impact, you know, what you know, were those jams like, I'm sorry, when you play Just a Dream, Nelly. That is not going to go over like the people that made just a dream a hit. They are not deciding who wins this. Right. Like this is, you know, this is the culture that is that is, you know, deciding this. And Ludacris is always I felt like, you know, especially in the last 10 years, people have forgotten about him largely yeah. uh, in his legacy. And this was a very good night for the Ludacris legacy. And like, I think people are going to be like going back like man why didn't we like take him more serious when he was begging for us to like you know in all these like songs and it's just you know i i went back and listened to a bunch of like ludicrous albums i listened to shaking beer i listened to of course his first album and it's just like none but like raw rapping up and down shit you know and you know the subject matter you know at times it was 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 what it was but you can't tell me that that dude couldn't rap his ass off <laughs> right, and, right. and make hits. And he's a premier hit maker of the time. And um, it seems like, you know, he kind of, he kind of walked to an easy W here, but you know, I, I think Nelly like was, you know, he had his, his own value and his own, you know, you know, like, Hey, if Nelly needed to open a door for somebody that came after him, like Nelly was able to open that door. So, uh, I got nothing but props for both of these guys. I was a fan of both of their work, but it it it's, it would be Luda like easily for me. Yeah, um, I don't have much of a differing opinion from you on this situation, except for like I guess my main thing is like I don't understand the pairing. Um, like Ludacris is a dude that like if you look at the aside from maybe like he never had some classic album and the only album you can really point at that was like this really really great album is like word of mouth but like for his prime so let's say like from release therapy to from 2006 to 2000 like that dude consistently filled up his albums with bangers like and maybe they you know maybe their hit the albums didn't go you know 10 deep with bangers as far as like different degrees of quality of, depending on what song he was going for on these albums but he was consistent at making hits he was consistent at like being a great rapper and lyricist and a person with a great voice and like knew knew how to set up his punchlines he was so awesome at that um but nelly on the other end Nelly was a person I thought was a good rapper that had that had huge mega hits. I thought like if you want to do go you know ten for ten with Ludacris or five for five with Ludacris, like Nelly, his top hits might knock Nelly, might, might not might knock Ludacris off. But once you go to twenty, 
that's when you're into a real problem because like Ludacris was rapping to be at times like the best Southern rapper in the world. He's one of the best ra- Southern rappers ever. Nelly was rapping for for to try to sell as many records Something as else. possible. Yeah, like their 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 aspirations were different. Even though like it makes no, it kind of makes no sense to me that they weren't they didn't do like five different songs together because like they were. They you would have think you would have thought right. that, and then they, they mentioned that during the battle, and it was like label politics kind of kept us apart. The one time they tried to work together or whatever, yeah. but they seemed like they had love for each other from day one. Right, I mean, because just they were also they were also they were both on that you know that Neptune's early two thousand vibe. They both were like people that like, all right, you imagine you want a strip club song. Between tip drill or pussy popping, like, you know, what's your fantasy? That's it. Drop, drop down and get your eagle on. Those are strip club classics, but they never linked up while they were two of the top, two of the biggest stars of, you know, the last 20 years of rap. So it, it, it is weird as you mentioned it. Um, I know, and, you know, so, but yeah, I just, their, their goals ultimately, even though there was a bunch of overlap there as far as like their, um, from a commercial standpoint, as far as like their singles and whatnot, like, just like album per album and the what was on those albums is it's a different it's a bit of a different um outlook like one person was trying to sell right. you know become the fourth highest selling rap artist of all time the other one was trying to do that but also like have people respect him well, and also know, respect, it ain't a game yeah it's like somebody, I wish somebody would like look I have issues with Lucas's catalog as far as um you know super content especially the first five years but Nah, you can't tell me that dude can't rap. You tell me you can't rap, I think you're out of your fucking mind. Like <laughs> that's like like saying that Ludacris ain't no ain't no rappers rappers rapper is like I don't know. It's like yeah, you know Kenny Omega has no psychology. He just does. He just v triggers you to death. Like nah, bro, you gotta go somewhere for that nonsense. That's bullshit. Like nah, but um yeah yeah. Um, I just I just yeah. I kind of wish that Nelly because you know I talk about the tease. I talk to you about this often, like Ja Rule, for example. You can say what you want to, make all these jokes about Fifty Cent, or even even now we are going Twitter and I see like a bunch of young niggas or uh, or white people like clown on Nelly, and I'm like, dude, I was there. You're out of your mind. People were outright rocking with those two people until you know, and then until they weren't. Um, like Nelly was more. Look, of a I will never forget. I will never forget seeing Nelly in the St. Lunatics and Rap City the Basement and finding out, oh, Nelly can really rap if he wants to. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> and then and then like listening to the St. Lunatics album and you know, Murphy Lee was like he was like Bro. the Lloyd Banks of like, right. you know, uh right. compared to Nelly being fifty cent. Fifty yep. and Nelly might have been the more yep. compelling, you know, kind of battle yep. here. And th- another thing about that is like, I mean you say I do want to rap, like I mean, he did. He did get that uh, "Rot the Mic" remix, and he fucking murdered that. Uh, I mean, he was dissing KRS One too, but whatever. Like, so I think the thing for me is like I kind of wanted Nelly to be in there with somebody else of that ilk. And the reason why I kept thinking of Nelly and Ja Rule was like you put them together; they're kind of in the same lane. You pl- they go out there and they play their hit. They play go twenty for twenty, and you go back. I think. You know, you go back and you just sit there. You can appreciate, like, oh yeah, like we kind of like spent the last fifteen years like playing these dudes, like they weren't like you know two of the best hit makers last you know the history of rap, and and played them mm-hmm. for whatever dumb reason or whatever else. Like, I mean, the only ill will, t- only only ill will I really have towards Nelly is like, 
why would you do why would anyone do that sort of thing to Ashanti? That's about that's about it. <laughs> but you know, like I mean, I heard he didn't play Batter Up, which is like, wow, he didn't play Batter Up. There's another song. Yeah. I, I, just, I got the whole track list yeah. here. Yeah, go through it. Yeah, so like um, Ludacris Oldman, Welcome to Atlanta. Of course, y'all know what that sounds like, you know. But um, Nelly Counter with Na 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 Na. It was off his Sweat album. Nah. Ludacris. So, went to Pussy Poppin'. Versus tip drill. I'm going tip drill on that. Although, I wasn't that much of a drill. fan of stand up. So, you know, like. Well, 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 it was Pussy Poppin' versus tip drill. I didn't get to stand up okay. yet. Okay, sorry. Um, then uh, Ludacris was like, My Chick Bad versus Pimp Juice. Hmm. I might call that a draw. Yeah, I probably go with my chick bad just because uh Nikki flamed that verse. Um we've got uh Ho versus Flap Your Wings. See, like for me it's it's Ho, but like that might just be a regional thing or like a or a thing you know. No, like, I, I, I'm with you. I, okay. I I'm with you. You okay. use a whole rang off in Massachusetts. Um <laughs> I didn't know that. I wasn't yeah, aware. It, it, okay. it rang off. Okay. Uh, okay. Ludacris rang off. I, I I had his album at the time or whatever. Okay. Um, then we had Saturday versus Ride With Me. I'm going to Ride With Me all day on that. See, that's a tough one because, I, I mean, you, you don't like Saturday. I love Saturday. I, yeah. I absolutely oh. love That's one of my 10. That's probably one of my 10 favorite Ludacris songs. I love Saturday. But, but yeah, uh, Ride With Me is Ride With Me's like one of those, like, that's a, that's picking up a book. Forever. <laughs> um, then we got um, What's Your Fantasy versus Country Grammar. Oh, my that God. Is that's very tough. tough. That very is very tough. tough. That's, that's, a, that's a draw for me. Mm, like that is like both of the songs that like launched him into superstardom. Like that, exactly. those are the, that's the, those are your introductions to both of them. That's very hard. Very um, hard. I'll probably go with country grammar, but that's still so that's difficult. Yeah, like uh, you you talk about both of them like unique flows. Like you never heard nothing that sound like either of those songs. Like when they came out. Um. And then we got Rollout versus Body on Me, which is a Santi, Nelly, and Akon. That's Rollout all day. I don't yeah, even know what Body on Me is. Ludic- uh, look, that the first Ludacris and Tim Lamp. No, the second one. I'm sorry, the second one. Yeah, uh, I don't think he played Fat Rabbit. I don't. Um, think so. I wouldn't play that on that on here either. I wouldn't have people like that. that he's he dope. He could have got away with it. Uh, okay, it, then he they could have got away with it against like, but not against no, you know. He couldn't have done that against Grills. Grills would have mopped the floor with that shit. Um, then we got Splash Waterfall versus My Place with Nelly and Jaheim. I'm going Splash Waterfalls all day, every day. I wasn't um, much of a fan of Splash Waterfalls, but I like the remix better. Then we got O. So Ludacris with Sierra O. Yep. And we know how Ludacris flamed that verse against uh, Nasty Girl, which is the biggie remix of Ooh. Nasty Boy. I think, that I, one. With, I, think I, might, I think I might go with Nelly. I'm going with Ludacris there. Okay. I mean, there's um, no bad answer for that one. That could have been a tie. Um, then we we got the Rod and Might remix versus the Made You Look remix. Oh I'm going god. with the Made You Look remix. Oh my god! Are we? Wow! I'm too much of a coward. I'm going to draw too. I'm going to draw. <laughs> no, I'm not beating either one of those. No, I'm not doing um, it. So then, um, it it we, somehow like we got like uh, I think they had to switch rounds after that so Nelly had to begin and he okay. has two songs on here he has a song called A Thousand Stacks I think he may have been 
Um, is it five thousand ones? Thousand stacks. The, the jazzy no. face. The jazzy face. I got five thousand ones. Yeah, yeah. He was rapping that, but then he played "Where the Party At" versus Ooh. versus Yeah. Usher, yeah. Yes. God damn, bro. And like Nelly Loki slid his verse on "Where the Party At." I'm going where oh, the party yeah, at. Oh, yeah, one the rose, the one with the stem, the one with the rims. Yes. No, he fucking murdered that. I'm going with where the party at. Quite frankly, because I heard, yeah, 900 million times during his existence. I hated it and wanted to destroy the radio after I heard it that many times. So. Um. Hmm. There's no right answer. If you go with either one, you like. There's no wrong. There's no wrong answers for that one. Like we win, got, loss, or draw. I, I would. I would go draw on that one. Not too much of a character to knock either one of those off. So we got grills versus stand up. I'm going with stand up. I'll go with grills. Um, I'll go with grills. Then we got Air Force Ones versus Southern Hospitality. Oh, I'm Southern Hospitality. Southern Hospitality. <laughs> no, man. Like, <laughs> no. Then, then we got Shaky Tail Feather versus. Okay, go ahead. I, I forgot what it was. This was before they actually officially, like, there were people like, Nelly wants to do it, Ludacris wants to do it, like, the potential of, you know, Ludacris versus somebody. And I remember saying to you, like, man, somebody wants to play Ludacris, they want to. They, if they come out here and, like, there is no, there is nothing better. That might be my favorite Ludacris song. That's the best way I can explain it. Like, nah, man, like, sometimes Tally, like, it means something different mm-hmm. for me. So, no, like, you can put pretty much anything on there. You can put <laughs> item number one, uh, hot in here. I would have bounced all them shits out for, uh, uh, from hospitality. No. <laughs> I would have bounced all them shits. So, we got Shake Your Tail. We got Shake. We got Shake Your Tail Feather versus, um, All I Do Is Win and Luda's verse on that one. So, I'm gonna go with shaky tail feather. Um, even though all I do is wins like you know bigger, but that I, I wouldn't necessarily associate that strictly with ludicrous. I I will go with shaky tail feather personally. So we got. Um, um, I, I might be biased because there's the war chant going on in the middle of the song, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. Uh, then we got just dream. Versus area codes, so area I want codes. area codes. Sorry, it's unfair, but it's unfair. Yeah. But like, look, it's a it's a it's it's a rap competition. And you pulling that shit out? No, sorry. Like, if you want to say, what's Nelly, the, he, he described it as like stadium music or whatever before he played it or whatever. And what I, kind I can of stadium? That, right, but what kind of stadium? Exactly, like exactly because I know you played Just a Dream in, in certain areas. You'd be like, oh, this is the fall off song. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I like if you were going to compare, I would say this. I think the Nelly Country songs would have would have been more timeless and have held up a lot better if it were not Nelly singing these songs. Like mm. if they were like you know like the like the over and over again and only just a dream. If these were like given to actual, if Taylor Swift sang these shits, they would have worked, they would have been quote-unquote timeless, but Nelly's not really, Nelly's just out here fucking off to try to make a check, and he made them checks, but he putting this out here against Ludacris, and he gonna sm- and Ludacris gonna have to smash them shits, sorry. Alright, um, then we got EI versus Moneymaker, I'm going with EI easily. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then we've got Nelly's Get Like Me versus How Low Can You Go? I don't even know what Kid Like Me is. It was like Nelly, Nicki Minaj, and Pharrell. Didn't you used to, did, I thought 
you hate? Didn't you hate? Uh, uh, how low can you go? I thought you hated that. I did only because I heard it that many times. But <laughs> it, it, like, bro, how, how low can you go? Is the single most played song in um, Wild ninety four point one history? I swear to God, 90- it's either that or I'm out here grinding. All one right, of those so, two. So. For those that don't know, ninety four point one is the hip hop, the, the number one hip hop station in Tampa Bay area. So for those that don't know, but yeah, you do have a point. They they, they Bro, were playing that shit super. They heavy. played that shit to the ground, like like they they wrote that shit out. That beat though, yeah. So like I'm like yeah, I don't even know what get like me was Nelly. Um, <laughs> then we got hot in here versus move bitch. Man, that's tough. Uh, it's not for me. I look, move bitch should have picked up a book somewhere else. It should not have gone. He should not have put who went first. Nelly. Yeah, I, mm, yeah, yeah. Nelly won. Nelly won that round, but like move bitch in a lot of these rounds would have beat, would have been the best song on a lot of these. Yeah. I I can't in good faith put hot in here or lose, make hot in here lose. Right. But I like move bitch like a lot. (laughs) So yeah, move bitch is like um, is I think move bitch is a top ten song from Ludacris at least. Uh, then we got dilemma versus lovers and friends. Ooh, I'm yeah. gonna go with dilemma. Um, mm, that's tough. I can see. I can. It, 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 there's no bad choice there. There's no bad choice. I think I was sick of the Usher, Lil John, and Ludacris, and it was like I was like, oh my god, they're gonna like just kill me again, like with that one million plays one, of this song, like on the radio, like I, I <laughs> just you know, Dude, I was I was so- I was done with the I was done with the Lil John stuff, bro. Like like just all the damn, and it was like, oh y'all gonna come out here and try this? No. No, but lovers I'm and friends good. is like the, the is one of the bigger departures from the from the uh, the at that time the little John sound of like the synths and, and whatever else. So like, checked out. Right. <laughs> Look, I was checked out, and, and, and yeah, yeah. Um, up next, we had here I am, Rick Ross and Nelly versus right, right. One Minute Man. Ooh, very tough, very tough. Because if if you like, you know, you listen to Here I Am. You know, Florida Sunshine and, and his plan. Uh, that's a great fucking song. You know bro. what? You riding in the car. I'm going to be petty because the person on the hook for uh, "Here I Am" is what I think his name is Avery Storm, right? Yes. You know what other Rick Ross song Avery Storm is on? Rich off cocaine. Yes, that song makes no sense, and that hook makes no sense. So I'm going to be petty. Fuck him. Fuck every storm. Uh, put Ludacris over. I'm sorry. Like it's, that song was so dumb. Like the incredible beat. But what? Yeah, I'm gonna go with one minute man here as well the, because the that whole shit is song is about him selling dope. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going off a tangent. The whole song is about selling dope and having his lifestyle and you know all that comes with it. and then he goes to the last verse is like yeah I went to Haiti I saw a poor kiss and then it made me think about my watch and it says selling dope ain't, ain't right and then I decided to start donating look he's talking okay. about rich all cocaine not here I am right right right, 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 right. <laughs> but my point is like I hate every storm and, and his presence on the Rick Ross like, catalog so much that I'm just getting all of it out like Get all of it. I'd rather, I'd rather hear Rick Ross rap about selling lots of dope than talk about how selling dope ain't right because he, so he saw some poor kids. Like, 
Hey, I can feel you. Just how, just how, like, talking about yeah is, like, therapeutic for me right now. How much I hated it. Get it out. You know? Just get it out, James. Because Rich Rob King, like, that beast fucking incredible. That beast one of the... Like for Rick Ross, person is one of the best people to ever pick out beats. That's one of his best beats, in my opinion. And yeah. he went out there put some nonsense on there, bro. Some nonsense, so, so much nonsense that shit couldn't have been a single. It should have been a single. That's how dope that beat was. Whatever. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Um, then we got pimping all over the world Ooh. versus runaway love. I'm going with the pimping. Those two Lucas songs. Oh, okay. I guess that might actually hold on. The the battle ended with one with um here I am versus one minute man. These were bonus rounds after. So okay. pimping, so pimping all over the world and um runaway love. Uh Janet Jackson had call on me, Ludacris had the potion, Nelly had a song called Long Gone. So yeah, so I, I, I don't know what the count was on that. So like but, Nelly had exactly twenty songs and twenty songs only, huh? I think so, yeah. <laughs> Okay. okay. And and there was a lot of stuff Nelly didn't play. Yeah. As you mentioned. So yeah. um but yeah, man, like it like, I don't he know, played, like, like he could have played Midwest Swing, he could have played uh Batter Up. Um Yeah, there's there's a few things he didn't play for some reason. Yeah. Um but yeah, that that was it, it was pretty fun watching them go back and forth. Ludacris like looks exactly the same except he has like a mid size afro now. <laughs> Uh, uh, Nelly looks exactly the same, but even more swole. Like he looked kind kind of on that Mike Bibby program because he had oh, like the yeah, wife beater on. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it, I, I saw the calculations by Nelly, like strategically removing like his jersey at, at a certain point to try to get a rise out of the women in the oh, comments. Like, he, he was he was trying all these distractions essentially, and Ludacris was just like, "Play the song, play the heat, play the heat, play right. the heat," and it was just like. It's interesting. So I, I don't know who's going to be next, but we'll be here talking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who I would want to see do one of these. Not like somebody versus somebody, but like who I, whose catalog I want to hear like their top, what they think in their you know top 20 songs in a battle would be. Like, do you think Game has enough songs for this? Yes. Okay. Do you, Enough songs that aren't like diss records where he's rapping over... <laughs> Yes. Destroying G Unit. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, well, I mean, half of them are fucking the documentary. So yeah, you have a point there. Um, he has more than enough. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there somebody from the West Coast he could go against? Because like, where it'd be even. Because uh, I think Kendrick Lamar get him out of gym. Oh, like, easily. Easily. Like, and it wouldn't even necessarily. It would just be a time and place type thing. Right. Um. I think game in fifty is like really the only thing we saw that in real time. So you don't know <laughs> um, think fifty would smash him though? No, I don't, no? I don't think it would. I don't think it would be this dog walking that. Um, you don't think he'd just go and grab like go into the uh, beg for mercy stuff and just pull out of that and just use that and just like live off that in a whole like battle? Uh, I think game would have like answers for it. Lots of them. Mm, okay. Um, it would be it would be interesting. Um, they uh trying to think who else like around that time because I, I think it would, fabulous in the game actually might be you know who fa- oh that'd be good you know who definitely needs to do one of these I don't know who it would be against but maybe maybe Buster I don't know but 
<laughs> it was ludicrous. <laughs> no, 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 not, not. I'm saying like I'm trying. To, while I was thinking, the person that should be it, Missy Elliott should be in one of these. People were talking about her last night. Missy needs to be on one of these, and her and Timbaland will fucking smash somebody <laughs> on the low. <laughs> like, be like, yeah, let's do, yeah, let's do, let's do, um, Missy and Nicki Minaj. Like, and then like lead the cutoff if you had to be born after like or before 1995. Man, I, I would like to see Lil Kim and Nicki Minaj. I think that Lil Kim would get beat to death. I, I do <laughs> to not death. I do not. Okay, so let's see. Lighters up. Uh, Look, she got lighters up. She got quiet storm. Wait a quiet minute. Quiet storm. Wait she a minute. She got queen bitch. Um, she got crush on you. She's crush got, on you, definitely. Um, uh, she has uh, all about the Benjamins. Jump off. That's what I was thinking of. Jump off. Okay, uh, so like on. you're, you're. I think that we're. I, I still think she's missing. I think she could put up a fight for about like eight rounds, and then after that, it's gonna be a dog walking. Let's see. She got how many licks with Cisco? She got magic stick. She got no time. Drugs. You just named like three songs in a row I never heard before. You never heard no time. No, I got at least I no time so. for fake ones. It was basically stuff. Her and Puff. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't think I heard that one. Yeah. So uh as far that had a video. <laughs> I don't see all the videos. I saw most of them. Um yeah, I, I, I don't think that would be that would end that well for, for for Kim. I think is there anybody else like I'm not even saying like it has to be woman or woman versus woman. Like it'd be a quote unquote intergender match. Like who would be somebody from the era? I mean, I think Bus and Missy would, would Look, be he got ladies' night? Man. Look, you gonna pull out Lady Mar- Are you gonna pull out Lady Marmalade look. next to try to fill out the twenty? <laughs> look, I, w- I would not because it's... look, look, I w- I would not because well, I, I don't the remix the, like uh, the, the Keisha Cole remix uh to not the remix she's actually an original the um uh the, the song that she that was the first look. single on the second album that was the uh that was basically the same sample as Juicy from Biggie. Um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the song, but like she was on that too. She could yeah, play that. I wouldn't even have thought that. I would have pulled out like another, like with her and Big. How about this? Um, how about we have her and Foxy get team money. Up? No, no. How about we have her and Foxy <laughs> team together against Miss Foxy and Deep Enough? Foxy got like five songs. That's my point. She needs those five songs to compete with Missy. I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I was, about, I, I was, I was talking about Nicki. I was talking about Nicki Minaj and, and Lil Kim. Oh, I thought you meant Missy and and, and Kim. Okay, all right. Um, no, I, I wasn't talking about Missy and Kim. Okay, like um, I would feel very confident in, in, in picking twenty Lil Kim songs to, to to get Nicki Minaj out the gym. I think it's a recency thing where she wouldn't win because of the recency. I think mm. I think I think that you would need to cut off date of like if you were born after ninety three, we do not care about your opinion. We need someone that actually was there yeah. and alive for the for the the Kim era. Yeah, um, yeah. I look. If there's anybody listening that would like to represent Nicki Minaj or Nicki Minaj, we can go on the <laughs> IG and I will play the Lil' Kim songs and, and run you out the paint. Oh, God. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, of the Lil' Kim, you I, know. I, did, did, you, did you, were you a fan of the album cover? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. All I, right. I did own hardcore. Yes, I did. <laughs> All right, you ready to move on? <laughs> yes. Rich Lada, noted little Kim fan. You learn new things every day. 
Yeah, that's not the only thing we just learned. And man was a, that man was a was a young pervert. <laughs> so move on. Uh, next next order of business. Uh, money power respect. Come on, man. Little y'all trying to play with little Kim like this? Money power respect should make it. That would definitely make it on there. Yeah. I mean, how much of that commission shit would have made it? Hey, man. Well, actually, Lots. the Foxy Brown is his commission. Never mind. Whatever. Um. All right. So Drew Gulak's contract has ran out. Um. This like seems just like random as hell like he was on tv he was you know doing this pupil student thing with daniel bryan he had what is probably the best singles match on pay-per-view this year with daniel bryan uh for um that match in the opener at uh i can't remember what pay-per-view that was it wasn't it was after a rumble elimination chamber i think yeah yeah um he was actually like having it about as well as he's ever had it in um on the or in the WWE. So this is kind of weird to me. Like what 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 did, what the hell happened here? No idea. Uh, um I think there's a situation going on where people run their lips and it's it's a point of contention at all in WWE. It seems like they getting you the fuck out of here. Um it's strange now that you know, his contract expired rumors that he wanted a bit of a raise um, and either one of two things are going on. Either they never switched over his 205 live contract, which I would like be skeptical of. Um, Cause you know, Gulag was a guy that was like on NXT. He was on 205 live right. almost at any given time. Right. So he was, he was one of the people that would say like, especially um, not, this year, last year, beginning last year, when he's doing Worlds Collide and he's awesome in it with, um, and then like he fights Riddle on TV, has a TV program, he does 205 live. Um, it's weird that, like, and you know, and now he got moved to SmackDown, he's doing the same with Daniel Bryan, like everything he's ever, I've ever seen him do on WWE television has been well, has been done well, so I don't get what happened. <laughs> Don't get it. Yeah, and, and some people were saying that he uh, asked for a raise, you know, and trying to you know secure his new contract, and then they were like, you know what, we're we're gonna not play. We, we've we've literally offered every Tom, Dick, and Harry uh, new five year contracts mm-hmm. or all this money in the last year, and then when it came time for this guy, <laughs> for whatever the reason, because it ain't the pandemic, they're still making money hand over fist. They're making they're about to like have their highest like profit margin. Right, and Annually. they were. It, it's strange. They were like, "Yeah, you know what? Go ahead, try your luck out there." Like, this is really weird. Like, I remember um, Sasha as she was preparing. They did this video package on they put on YouTube of her preparing to face Rousey at that Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes to House of Glory, does the stuff with Amazing Red, and then like while she's at the PC and she's trying to come up with a game plan for Rousey, she's there with Gulak and Lorkin. So it's like, this is somebody that like, even like your best wrestlers also respect enough to put on camera to say like they're getting pointers and tips from this person or for a game plan. It's like, it's weird. Like this is somebody Look, that if- I, I imagine is like someone that's liked in the locker room too. Like, I don't get it. Like, Look, if they would get rid of like Hassett Zono, knowing he's a fucking right story, and like right. Drew like ain't safe, like right, uh, they're never gonna push him higher than being Daniel Bryan's buddy. 
and this is a guy I'm not even all that crazy about uh, Gulag. You know, I find value in what he does. I know a lot of the WWE fans like Drew Gulag from, like, you know, the stuff he was doing to PowerPoints and all that. But, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately, if he ends up getting a push, like, I don't know. Maybe his goals in wrestling are different at this right, point. Right. You would think maybe he saved some money. Uh, he has a lot of friends outside the industry and navigated the Indies for years. Um, I hear he's close with Orange Cassidy, for as strange as that would seem. Um, but uh, where do you see this guy like ending up? Um, I don't know. I mean, I would like to see him AEW because there's not too many people that are like non-flippy dudes. They're just like there to work their asses off. Um, so like if he ended up there, cool. I don't really know if that's, I mean, AEW can make pretty much anything fit. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there is a cutoff on the number of former WWE guys they need, they should sign. I don't know what that number is, but like, I feel like we'll reach a point where we'll realize, all right, that's, that's, that's one too many. Um, we're not, I don't think we're close yet, but, um, who knows how many, who knows how many more additions that, that before that turns into, we're not close to, we've reached capacity. Um, but yeah, like I think I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, Ring of Honor makes sense for him. Um, obviously, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I think wherever he lands, like he—I mean, he's gonna get work regardless. Like, he, I mean, he's probably already gotten calls. Like, he's that kind of talent as far as someone that can talk, someone that is a character, someone that can wrestle um, a, a style that is not cookie cutter. Yeah, so I, you know, and I think I think there is a place for someone that is a quote unquote mat technician that is not boring. I think there is room for that in in wrestling. Still, um, I think he would have to fight uphill, even though he's he's kind of like the Spurs in a sense. Like you know, people will always call the Spurs boring, even when you know their offense changed and everything like that. It's just <laughs> yeah, label that like kind of stuck to him like when he first got there. Gotcha. And like I said, I've never been like huge on Drew Gulak, but I you know. Could I see him, you know, walk back into PWG? Sure. I, could I see him, you know, whenever that opens up? Could I see him <clears throat> go out to New Japan or New Japan of America whenever Ooh, that starts running again? Best Super Juniors, he'd be great in that. He'd be great so, in that. So, I, I don't know. It, you know, it depends what to do, what we want to do. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, I don't. I think it's strange, like strange, strange um, kind of situation here. It's not yeah. often WWE is just letting people walk out, even if they're releasing motherfuckers. Yeah, and I think the thing thing for me is like, do I see him ever being a top guy, a top person somewhere? No. Do I see him ever being necessarily like um, some type of upper mid carder? No. I think he's someone that should be a that could be a solid mid carder slash somebody you put in a in a stable and make him be, you know, a quote unquote, um, tough out that you beat in route to, you know, getting to whoever else is the top of the stable. Like he could be Mm -hmm. like the Ortiz or Santana of the run that, um, Ambrose just had, for example, to get through the inner circle to get to, um, Jericho. I think he's that kind of person. Um, I guess, I guess you would say like, I guess like an O'Reilly type, like a Kyle O'Reilly type. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's, that's, <clears throat> I mean, maybe there's just like an overabundance of that right now, so they let him go. I don't know, but like the dude's definitely someone that should be hired by some television um, wrestling company, like some major, definitely. He's only 33 years old, so like you know, lots hmm. of years in front of him. Yeah. So, like he's somebody that's like, if he were to become a trainer, like 
whoever, if he became a trainer, look out. I guarantee he'd be out here, like, just, you know, training up, like, crazy people in the next, like, 10 years. Like, oh, yeah, this person's, like, the, the top person on the radar. Like, who trained him? Gulak. Oh, that mm-hmm. makes sense. All, all the sense in the world. Um, yeah, so... I guess uh, next after that, we have to talk about Leo Rush and Mark Henry. Man. Uh, what ha- what happened uh. this week? I don't know. I just heard some stuff, and I saw a bunch of tweets from Leo Rush, and I was like, oh, no. What's this? Yeah. Um, so, Leo Rush woke up randomly and decided to start, you know, telling it telling it how he sees it. Um, he's, you know, was saying that, uh, you know, Mark Henry was, you know, not there for a lot of the black wrestlers and, you know, in his uh, situation in particular, like, you know, we need to like settle this. And this is why, you know, a lot of like, you know, black wrestlers on the base platform will continue not to have equal opportunities. He says he's been holding his breath way too long. Um, he was upset about, you know, Mark Henry supposedly saying something else on, on a podcast. And um, it seemed like they were trying to set up, uh, you know, going on each other's or going on Mark Henry's show, something happened and that broke down. Like, I guess the number wasn't working. Uh, Leo threw like a little snipe, like maybe you need to budget your money because this phone isn't working. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was, you know, it, it was a lot of like, you know, stuff like that. And and a lot, and Mark Henry, uh, you know, a lot of other wrestlers get involved, like Joe Janela. Like, he was like, you know, you're threatening to sue a dude who, um, Mark Henry, uh, story came out through TMZ with Mark Henry before I get to the Joey thing um, said that Mark Henry went to TMZ and was talking about I'll sue Leo Rush for slander and it's like what for tweets come on man um, Mark Henry says uh, you know in, in his you know opinion he uh, you know he thinks uh, Leo is clout chasing um, and he helped about you know 80% of the people in color and like NXT get there Um you know, he knew he thinks Leo Russell looking for attention uh, and said he would have just helped him promote his music if he would have asked. And um, he said he has a lawyer, so he needs to apologize before he finds himself in a courtroom. And he talked about, you know, Mark said uh, you can't question his blackness like no one can question his blackness and pull his black card. Um, just a lot of stuff that, you know, I saw on the timeline and was like. I don't feel comfortable going on a timeline and, and talking about this. I will talk about it from the safety of this podcast um, <laughs> because I feel like there are too many things that would be misconstrued. And this is a uh, conversation that is not for everybody. Um, <laughs> and we've uh, spoke on this show about the divide and older black people and younger black people. And this is a perfect example of it. Uh, we talked about, some of the things that Mark Henry seemingly, you know, and Booker T types that not to want book in, but just to make the point, like questions that, you know, a lot of us have, like, why did you let such and such go down like this? In Mark mm-hmm. Henry's case is like, you just upset at Leo Rush, but you was out here trying to forgive Michael Hayes. Like, come on, man. Like, like, what are you doing out here? Like, um, there's, there's a lot, you know, to it. Uh, Joey jumped in with the point. Uh, you're threatening to sue a dude who's not getting the paycheck in the midst of a pandemic and has two kids. Uh, Mark Henry then blocked Joey Janela on Twitter. <laughs> um, and they, you know, continue going at it. And, um, you know, Leo insisted that 
Mark Henry was was not the reason he was there, so he can miss him with that 80% stuff. Um, so he doesn't owe Mark Henry anything. Uh, everything that Leo Rush has ever said has sounded like a guy, in my opinion, that has his head on straight, that is just not about to, like, take whatever bullshit. And it seems like there was, like, some breakdown of communication whenever they had that face-to-face meeting where Henry kind of asked him, like, are you good? But it was vague, and it was, I think, just a way that, you know – younger guys and older guys communicate where you good can mean one thing to some someone else and them not having that relationship because Leo Rush didn't know Mark Henry. Like, why am I going to like, just like start telling you about any of the problems I have? A, I don't know you like that, even though, you know, skin folk might not be kin folk, you know? Yeah. And, and Leo's like, oh, yeah, I'm straight. And then apparently Mark Henry took that and ran with it and lied and said Leo Rush lied to his face about something about not being good, but Mark Henry's claims were, you know, no one knows WWE like I do at this point. No one knows the system like I do. And it's like, you know, I don't think, I think it was a clear breakdown in communication between those two. And then this is spilled into something that like, <laughs> I was, I was like t- thinking to myself, I was like, do, do I have to write a column about this? And then I was like, no, I'm not going to do that because this, I don't feel like it's a conversation for everyone. And of course, you know, everyone's weighing in online and it's just, it's very kind of ugly. I would prefer to keep, you know, those conversations and DMS myself, but um, it's, it's really bad. And I think, you know, Mark Henry on his big platforms uh, that he has on busted open radio, an audience that he's cultivated being in WWE for 20 years, having people, you know, you know, having an audience that he has, uh, and I use audience in quotations is be careful about weaponizing that. And look, I mean, we can, we can sit here and play dumb. Like Mark Henry doesn't know what he's still around. Like regardless of whoever he puts on, like he doesn't like, he can sit here and play dumb. Like he doesn't know the reason that he's still around is because of like, he's there to basically be like the black ambassador for WWE whenever some shit happens like let's not forget like we had we did have Michael Cole calling him for a long time the silver back of the WWE like let's not forget that and he so like he he lived th- like he lived through a lot of bullshit and put up with a lot of bullshit to get this check on the back end that he's getting and for me to say that he doesn't deserve it no I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it he it, they tried to run him after they signed him to that money, they didn't like what they signed, and they tried to run him off for years, and he stuck around, and he un- endured all their bullshit, and jumped through all those hoops, like, we talk about, like, the brass ring and all that shit, he jumped and did everything they asked him to do, and, you know, they rewarded him on the back on the Hall of Pain, really, and, you know, the the, the, the feud with Cena or whatever else, and ever since then, ever since ever since that point, like, his body's broken down, he's gotten older, he's at a different stage of his career, and that's when he started to become big homie and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. like, all the shit he's done for for himself and for others, where it was The Rock or whatever else, along the way, I commend him for that, but that don't mean because you did something night, you did something right one time, or you did a bunch of good stuff, doesn't mean that you did something wrong at some point either. And right. this whole thing... No one ever, I don't recall anyone ever asking uh, Mark Henry for his opinion on Leo Rush. I just remember Leo Rush blew up one week and then, like, he, he decided to tack on and decided to speak on the situation because he knew, like, you know, like the tip of the iceberg. So, like, that's where we are now. Like, he overstocked the, 
over big home. He may be the that old dude who's been been done been around the world twice. Done 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 it all. Done seen it all. He ventured into something that had nothing to do with him. Spoke out of pocket. Leo Rush has has basically said, "Hey, bro, like this wasn't what the situation was." And I don't really feel I don't really feel like you should have been talking about my situation. And Mark Henry from there has pretty much said, "Like, what you know, young boy?" And it's like, okay, feel that way. You were wrong, Mark Henry. Say whatever you want to. You were wrong. Yeah, it's and it's strange, like looking at their ages, because like uh, Mark Henry's like you know late forties, you know well, mid forties, whatever. Hold on, real quick, civil rights kid. <laughs> Real quick, Rich. Era kid. We were talking yeah. about this when the Leo Rush, Mark Henry stuff happened. Was that a year ago? Yeah. And we were talking about this, and we were like, "Hey, man, this dude talked about the part about like you. you there's no reason for you to ever go broke in WWE or whatever else. And maybe some things have changed and whatnot. But like, keep in mind, this is also the same Mark Henry when I mentioned Rock. The reason why he left for the Rock was because he had Rock basically sleep on his couch for I don't remember how many days or weeks or months it was when he first got on the road because Mark Henry had a half million dollars or six hundred um thousand dollar um signing bonus and Rock was out here being the fucking Rock that was out here living on a couch because he couldn't make oh. live make it on the road that. So, was The Rock just not budgeting well when he was rocking my V instead of The Rock? Like, come on. Yeah. Like, yes, I'm sure things have changed to some extent, but, like, if The Fucking Rock was dirt poor, come on. (laughs) Yeah, and not to mention, Leo Rush has a wife, he has two children, he has responsibilities that it looks like, you know, a lot of guys his age, and I use that... (laughs) And think about the the normal age of the guys in WWE right now. It's like thirty plus, right? right, right. Especially on the main roster. And Leo Rush was like riding the main roster, and then was he twenty five now? He's twenty five now. Yeah, so think about back then. So so like with Leo Rush, it's like Leo Rush decided I don't want to participate in these, you know, in these hazings. I don't want to participate in these young boy tasks. I don't want to participate in any of that. And then he gets like. No, and this is the thing with like a lot of black wrestlers. I think you can, you know, lump ACH into this here. It's like these guys know their value, and they they don't want to, you know, and and they think highly of themselves, and, and rightfully so. And that's not playing out well. It seems like, and, you know, in some cases with in WWE, <clears throat> it you know. <sighs> it, it, this is a very like uh, you know Mark Henry's in his mid forties. Leo's in his mid twenties. We're like in the middle of them. So are, are, are we the J called middle child? Is that what middle we're child doing? right now? Yes, no. correct. Because it, it's like I feel like you know I know exactly where Leo Rush is coming from, and I see all the things that happened to to Mark Henry, you know, going through it. But then I realized like you know that time and place where it's like the next age needs to push it forward and. It's, you know, Leo's not beholden to you, Mark Henry. Right. Um, another thing is, like, it's funny because, you know, the Jordan documentary is going on and, like, I got a cousin that's, like, trying to do all this excuse making for Michael Jordan being an asshole in the 90s. And it's like, look, man, nobody, nobody put him up to act like a jerk and him being a jerk did not win them any titles. That is just, that is playing the result. Like, 
if if you had to be an asshole to win a title or, or you know, type of bully or whatever else, and explain to me why Tim Duncan won five fucking titles. It, it's nonsense. But um, I think the thing is, like, when you have that, that talk of, like, I had to endure this, therefore I'm passing, therefore somebody should have no problem with passing down the same, for lack of a better word, trauma or bullshit that they had to, that someone that, uh, that they had to endure is like, like, are you actually in fact leaving the place better than you left it? Or are you just leaving it just as shitty? Right. Um, and I'm saying that like what Leo is dealing with is as re- at the time was as ridiculous, but it's like, look, man, y'all are grown fucking adults. Why, why is some, if somebody's having to carry water or having to pick up after each other, pick up your own shit, you goddamn adults. Like, I, that's the thing. And when it happened to me when I first heard this stuff with, with Leo was just like, no, he ain't doing it. I'm like, you know what? I probably wouldn't do it either. And you can say I'm a diva or I'm, you know, this and a third, but like, I don't really understand why I'm a diva saying like, I'm a, I'm adult. I know how to take care of myself and take, and take care after myself as far as picking up stuff or whatever else. Like, why don't all of us do the same and we go about our fucking days? Since we're all adults. It seems like really that, weird. It's, it's that weird balance of the team being the family, being like, a brotherhood, being a locker room, but ultimately, you buy your fucking damn self. And Roman, like, Roman Reigns shouldn't have to go to tell Aleister Black, oh yeah, oh yeah, you graduated to the point of not having to pick up paper after everybody in the locker room. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. Roman shouldn't have to tell people not to, that he doesn't have to do that, and Alistair, and Alistair Black shouldn't feel the need to have to go do that kind of shit. That's stupid. Yeah. Um, ultimately, you know, I don't know if these guys are going to end up speaking or whatever. It's just like whatever it is, they need to holler at each other through, through mutual friends, through anything like that, because putting this on the timeline is leaving it way too uh, too open for interpretation for way too many people. That well, I think that what it does is twofold things. One, it makes um, the black fans all look at Mark Henry and be like, "What the fuck is your problem?" Most of the black fans, you know, obviously there's some, yeah, you know, are be like, "What yeah. the fuck is your problem?" And then the other end, it's like a lot of the fans that understand the bullshit that don't have this lived in experience that we do are like. Well, just do it. It's like, n- no, I don't want to just do it because, like, <laughs> that's bullshit. Why do we have to just do it? Like, why, why am I on this Nike shit? Like, why can't we just all per- treat this like a workplace and move on as opposed to, you know, because we, we do we do act fake fighting. We have to, like, treat like we're a halfway sports team type thing and we haze each other and do grunt work. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand if um, these were <clears throat> dynamics at play to where, like, you know, these were interns or whatever else, so they go get coffee or whatever else, like, or have to go run errands or whatever. That makes everything, but like, nah, bro, my chest cash just like yours do. Fuck out of here. Yeah. If you guys missed that situation, like, you know, it's all over Twitter. Um, it's, you know, I don't know if they're still going at it, but um, yeah, then <laughs> yeah, it's a um, unfortunate uh, kind of kind of thing here, but uh, on to uh, you know a little bit more positive uh, things. Um, oh yeah, let's um let's move on from there and just talk about I guess double or nothing is this Saturday, which that snuck up on me. I thought it was like two weeks from now, but it's it's upon us. Um, I mean, I, I got would, the card here. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just run from the top and run down or whatever else. I mean. <clears throat> 
Gotcha. So, um, yeah, I'll just go in order on the wiki. So, uh, Cody will be taking on Lance Archer for the AEW TNT Championship. Um, Is this the best? Is this the the best? Or let me phrase: Is the most well built match from a program perspective? I feel like it is. uh, On this show, yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and, and it's like, man, this this uh, it seems like they got fucked really bad because they were <laughs> they were headed somewhere, but we'll never know. Um, they uh, you know, had that brawl last week, which was hilarious. Oh my god! Um, what, what do you think of the brawl for? Uh, <clears throat> man, I saw Cody in that fucking truck, and I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> then he fucking runs into the thing after driving like five feet. <laughs> He's dressed in his like you know his suit and all this other stuff and these dress shoes. This was like the wackest like like I'm not believing you, Cody, coming to fight for your wife's honor, wearing dress shoes and all this shit. It's like he ain't had he ain't had no like tougher kind of wear like like to, to go out there and run with like. Like he ain't got a pair of jeans somewhere, and like maybe he could have pulled up with like a black wife beater on or something, like just looking a little bit more rugged and ready to get after it. But like that, that threw me off from the jump. Um, the brawl was what it was. I don't. What I don't was it? It, it was what good. it was. What, what, okay, thank you. Yeah, All like right, so- it, it, <laughs> like it was. It was like okay, it, but 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 the thing is, like I don't think it was like it wasn't to be crisply worked or anything. It was supposed to be like, you know, kind of rugged, but it just kind of ended like awkwardly. Like, but I, I like what I like Jake's role in it. Like, Hey, let's, you know, let's, let's not do it now. Like, let's, let's make sure something's left so we can destroy him for real and get right, this right. belt. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with the, you know, him calling the monster back. I think the thing for me was just like, Aside from the non, how terrible the the spot looked with the truck, where he just he goes five inches, he nudges the fucking stuff and he gets out, whatever. The actual brawl, which is like, one, yes, I'm trying to put away the fact that like this happened, and then like he's been steaming hot mad thirty eight mad for like a hundred and sixty something hours until the next episode of Dynamite or whatever else. I'm not even. I don't even care about the clothes. Like that was. I'm not. I don't care about the clothes. The fact that like there's a dude in between him, this monster in between him and this man that did this to his wife, and they is not some ugly, super ugly brawl. It's just they're pretty much just having throwing. They're having like a wrestling thing they had that felt like unurgent and like safe. It wasn't ugly or brutal. Like the most brutal thing was the spot where, like, oh, he he swiped his legs and he ended up b- taking a bump on the apron. It's like the apron bump is the most brutal thing of a brawl where you're trying to get to this fucker that like was out hunching all butt hunching your wife. I just thought it was like it was very tame and pedestrian. I remember at the time I said like this is the kind of brawl. This brawl is like very nice and like well well mannered and behaved. This is a kind of brawl that like that dads don't mind. uh their daughters bringing uh to to, to see them like it's like so so just it just it doesn't feel <clears throat> like oh my god like you know they're going at it it felt like oh this is wrestling that's done on the way to the ring 
Uh, yeah, and I think this is their their it way. Felt, it felt more like a bunch of wrestling spots that, uh, of punches than the actual like flat out brawl. Which, like, I don't know why he couldn't talk to Moxley. Moxley, do you think a Moxley brawl to the ring would look like that? Because I don't. They um, I, I think this is where their way you know to get Cody that personal feeling in every one of his matches that he needs or whatever, just to take it to like this boiling point level, like. You know, uh, it, it, as far as the match, uh, um, I don't know, man. I, it, it seems like at this point, it looks like uh, Cody's going to probably do a promo this week. And, you know, Lance has been beating ass. Um, I don't care who wins. Um, you know, either either way you go with it, Lance has got guys he can fight. Cody's got guys he can fight. These guys can always run it again. doesn't really matter. But they did get Mike Tyson to present the belt, James. So, like. Uh, <laughs> when we look at this in stark contrast of of the other fucking title match, uh, doesn't it feel like this one's overshadowing uh, that one? Yeah, because that one's been built since what January? Nah, not that long. I'm not not January. I'm sorry. March. Like since since like March, early yeah. March or whatever else, like before quarantine, and then like. This one was like, yeah, like three weeks ago. Oh yeah, here, here's your match. Like, it just if one was like built perfectly and and led for weeks or whatever, and this one just like fills almost out the blue. And like, yes, there's also the attachment of like the tournament that led to that's also part of the Cody thing. Where this is just like, I mean, I, I mean, you say what you want about Mox or about uh. Brody's work or how good it is or how or if it's just okay as far as you know his build doing the the uh, Mr. Brody stuff but like he feels now that like this is a bum of the month type thing like send you through beat you you move on and then like I get ready for a nice <clears throat> real big challenge like I, it, it it was just too short notice like I wonder if they really would have went to MJ they would would have went with Jericho or MJF but then like. It got screwed up because of them doing the stampede slash blood and guts thing. It got pulled like that being pulled out of, off the table means like we have to eventually get back to it. So like we have to slow roll the next Jericho, you know, the Jericho re- rematch or whatever else. Like I, I feels like I feel like that is at play with this with uh, Moxley. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's like we see who's getting the creative energy. The the um smoke and mirrors like that the extra stuff the it's like for the second belt okay (laughs) the razzle dazzle the razzle dazzle you're bringing in iron mike tyson fresh off all these viral videos that are going around right now i don't mind it i mean as we said before like it feels obviously it's the better built thing so like you may as well go with it um and if the idea is like you want these belts to feel like they're on equal grounds then like at first the top the new belt needs to be like presented and present or pushed harder so like i could i could see some of the reason behind that like you know um but i i feel like other than jericho or um other than jericho we were going to end up in a bad situation with this next title defense for moxley anyway so you know they took brody that still saves potential mjf match after mjf vanquishes or beats the hell out of uh uh, uh, Jungle, Boy. Jungle Boy, yeah. Oh. So I, 
I, I think that he still had. I felt like he has a bunch of stuff still not aligned. This is a warm up, even though this shouldn't be a warm up because this is this is you know the, a title match at a fucking pay per view. But you know the, the calendar or the epidemic, the, the pandemic got in the way of whatever they were really going to go with. That's how I feel. Yeah, I feel like Moxley and Brody Lee, and we'll we'll just transition into that next. Um, yeah. uh, Cody or Lance, by the way. Ooh, oh Cody, nah, like. I'm I'm tired of fucking Cody losing these big matches. He needs to fucking win. If he's gonna be positioned as top baby face and all what, this, what do you mean losing? Huh? What, what do you mean losing? He, he he's not doing no clean. He's not doing no clean jobs to anybody. <laughs> okay. Well, let me phrase that. Failing does failing count? Is that word? No. This man's been undefeated. This man's been undefeated on TV for for the whole year. Like okay. And, and, so, and then he then he does a loss like where he gets obviously fucked like once like. He can lose. What match are you talking about? The MJF match. Okay, so he's the top babyface in the company, but the man has never succeeded except for beating his brother. That like is semi is a semi coach, a, a player's coach. Like every big match he's ever been in, he's lost pretty much. Like unless you want to start counting him beating Wardlow. That was a big match. Okay, sure, he beat Wardlow. Beat Sean Spears as well. How about this? If we book the match right now between Kenny Omega and Wardlow, who will win that match? Kenny. Okay. If we put if we book any big star, top star in the company against Wardlow, who will win? What's the context? Huh? What's the context? The context is let's build let let's build to the future or let's build to our next show. Like we have to put somebody in the TV match or somebody to build them up for whatever big match we want to do at the next cycle. Uh, who, for, for who are we building the the person or Wardlow? No, no, no. I'm I'm saying like if we were to build a match right now between a top star or Wardlow right now or, or not build to it, but like do the match tonight right now. Who are you booked to go over? I would pick every big top star over Wardlow right now. So yeah. for you to say anything like, oh yeah, he won the he won a big match was like, I guess, but it's just Wardlow. Wardlow is, a, is somebody you beat, you set up to to be an obstacle that you beat on the way to the real big thing. Like, I don't really consider that a big match. Like I, I think he's beating you know, him. He's dominated Darby Allen. He got Joe Janela the fuck out of here. He's um, who else did he get the fuck out of here? Uh, Butcher and Blade got them the fuck out of here. Got. <laughs> I think there's a couple more too. Uh, Santana, I think it was. No, it was Ortiz. Um, like he, you he's look at those beat, rings. So he's, he's like nine and one. So you're, you're basically telling me he's beating mid Carters and upper mid Carters. He's not. What I'm saying stars. is he's not, he, he's not this hapless guy that that's been just this failure or whatever. He's my, he's my, okay, got my, a lot of wins. Point is, a lot of quality that, wins. My point is on these big shows, he has lost two gigantic ones in a row. I would not beat him again. Like the whole damn tournament was put in place for Cody to win this because he can't win the top belt again. If he loses this one too, it's like, well, what the fuck now? Like, so I've been rooting for this loser. Like people come to Chris, Chris Lyons realization. And like, I've been rooting for this loser for seven months. I don't, I don't think it's a good idea to have you say, I've been rooting for this loser for seven months. So I have him win now. To sympathize with Cody. Huh? You're asking me to sympathize with Cody. I'm not, I'm not really asking you to sympathize with Cody. I'm more asking you to, like, to book it if you were trying to make your money for yourself. That's, that's really where I'm at with that. Well, if we've already got a babyface world champion in Moxley, I would put the belt on a heel, the other one, and then for those other babyfaces to be able to fight him. But the heel's stronger than the babyface right now in, in uh, AEW. 
well the i think that's that's the thing like you would have to f- figure out who that next baby face is like whether it's a darby allen whether it's um you know scorpio sky or a lot of those dudes in that ladder match uh, orange cassidy um who else we got on there uh frankie uh luchasaurus uh jungle boy you know a lot of you know whoever somebody got to rise the fuck up or even cody can but you know if you're gonna have a you know, babyface world champion, a babyface secondary champion. I don't know. It's not. It's not the ideal situation because then you kind of you're doing parallel feuds typically, and these already kind of feel like parallel feuds. Okay, so you put the belt on Archer, and then what? I don't. I don't mean that like to be to be funny. I mean like. I don't know, like. All right, he came in and like a hot butter, like a like a knife through hot butter. Um, I'm sorry, like a hot knife through butter. That's the expression, James. Uh, and then he beats the top guy. Therefore, that means he is a top guy himself. Um, Kenny is still in the tags. Uh, like I don't see who's next on the horizon that way. Like, like Cody. Cody has is fueling like five different uh, heels at the same time. Like you can easily have him win, right, and then have MJF come back, um, and then go after the TNT title since since he already has the the AEW forty thousand dollar ring and say I beat you last time. Don't you want to get your revenge? You finally get your revenge, and then you have Cody finally get his win back. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, while well, after you after those three months or whatever, those four months, however long that is, like you can build up another heel to eventually take the belt off of Cody or whatever else you want to do. Like I just don't really see. I don't know who will be next for for uh, for Archer if Archer won. I just don't. I would probably do Darby at that point. Mm. I mean, at that point, you have to have. Uh, okay, so do you have? In order to do that, don't you have to have Darby beat Cody on route to that? No, no, no. You have him win, and then you have him win. Or I don't even know what you do. Like, I don't think Darby should be the TNT champion right now, especially since they're fucking burying him right now. That fucking loss every week is like, oh yeah, you fucking you, you fucking beat yourself, dumbass. Taz every single week is telling him that, and he has no retort for that. It's just like, yeah, like. Okay, so can I, can I talk about that from from this week? Yeah, sure. Tess, after saying last week he walked off, he's trying to explain to him like, "Look here, dumbass, it was a tilt, and you, you didn't get out the tilt." And I'm trying to explain to you like you you could I could help you get out of that. And then he says, "No, you don't explain, Taz. I finished third in the state of of is a Idaho." Idaho. I finished third in the state of Idaho in high school wrestling. Um, and then, like, well, I didn't I know that. that. And he says, Taz says, oh, well, I didn't know that. And then he walks over. I'm thinking, I said, like, well, since you knew it was a tilt, why is you, why did your dumb ass get up out of it? Am, so, I, am I the only one that fought that? Like, okay, uh, so you're telling, so you're not only did you tell me that you lost in a bad way, you're telling me that you knew that you lost in a bad way because you had the experience to get out of this. Look, man, I, I don't know, but. It, it don't feel like the state of Idaho got like the deepest, <laughs> like, you know, talent pool. Yes. Especially, you know, thinking about he like looked like he's 100, probably in high school, he's probably about 120 pounds. So out of all the 120 pound wrestlers in Idaho, he was number three. I don't know exactly what that means. 
So I can I can't tell you about like the depth of states in in wrestling. So I I can't. I don't read it. If, oh, if it, that's, if it that's what I can say. I imagine so because it's just population theory. But like I can't tell you if like you know there's some you know there's some type of hotbed of wrestling in Idaho. I could tell you. Like yeah. if you want to talk about football, like- if you want to talk about high school football, I can tell you like Louisiana, Florida, California, Texas. Pennsylvania, Ohio. I can tell you where, where those are. Georgia. I can't tell you. I can't help you when it comes to wrestling. I can't. Yeah, it, it don't feel like Minnesota or Iowa. <laughs> like I don't. It don't feel like the same thing, man. I don't even I'm know if that still holds up. I don't even know okay. if Minnesota and Iowa even holds up anymore because some of that yeah. stuff changes based off like you know developments, developments yeah. in, in high school coaching or whatever else. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. Look, I'm fine if Cody wins, but I don't think it's this thing where he's like finished if he doesn't win. Because like ultimately, you see how he's setting himself up, like with large, deep, segmented storylines all the time. Mm -hmm. That's going to happen whether he wins the belt or not. So, um, what else? I mean, I'm almost at the point where like if he loses this time, he might need to go away for like three weeks and then come back. Like what? You can't. Okay, so you can't. You can never win the title ever again. You lost to the dude that cost you that, and like there was a secondary title made for you, and you lost it. And in the process of losing it, you also couldn't defend your wife's your your wife's dignity. Who says he cares about his wife? I I don't have any proof of this. You know, he, he knocked her over at the one taping. To okay. you know, so, he, he you know he he didn't bother to address the public. You know, after she got you know that snake put on her, that snake charm will move your body like a snake on okay. like that. So all this that. is this is what I'm gonna say to you because I actually listened to it because it's on the same episode as our uh, our episode about I think it's February 10th where we talked about our favorite rap lies, and it was also because the same week as the whooping, the, the strapping, mm-hmm. the strapation. Right, the, Look, she I, loves him. I, I don't know. No, 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 no. The last, the before the last slash, she came out and told him to get his ass up, and he, because he loves her so, he found the strength to rise up and take the last lash. So don't come to me weeks, months later, and now say he don't care. I'm sorry. You oh, have no. one way. To either, either they're terrible. They've gotten worse at storytelling after telling that, putting that into the into the story. To now, like he don't care, Look, or if, it was always judge, bad. If, when it, go ahead. if we were to judge this by how Cody puts his matches together, he does shit that don't make sense all the time. Anyway, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, if he were to lose this match. I think I think that like what else is there for you to root for? Because he's gonna he's gonna cut a good promo and we like three there ain't weeks out. To root for about him. That's the thing. Burn him. You gotta talk to Rich. Not me. Do not at me in this stuff. But you need to talk to Rich. He shit to root for. I think there. I think that he's still inspiring. I, my point is, if you beat him here, there is nothing to aspire for because he has lost it all. <laughs> like that's, that's all I'm trying to say. Lloyd agrees with me. He thinks Cody should lose. <laughs> they give him something to come serious? back from. Yes, to come back from. If he loses here, he needs to turn heel. I'm, I'm serious. If he needs, if he loses, he needs to turn heel. Like 
because you don't want to turn Hangman now when they were trying to turn him because he got over, he needs to be one to turn heel then and be like, remember that thing I said about I'm never going to, you know, fight the title? Well, I lied because I'm evil. Ha ha. And then he goes after Moxley. Oh, after after winning, of course. Yes, I mean, I'm not saying do that at like, um, don't do that at um, all out. But like, he needs to like full gear too. Like that needs to be the plan. Like after he like starts going, turns heel after this, and then like goes on win streak, then he goes after Moxley. But outside of that, if he loses, I don't know how you, I don't know what else you do with him if he loses here because he's lost all the time, every big match except for beating his brother, who's a player's coach. Beat Sean Spears also. That's not a big match. <laughs> if it's on pay per view, it's a big match. But, oh my god. If it's Especially if you're only doing four of them. Oh my god. Okay. So where where what's what's uh you know, since wins and losses matter in AEW, what's Sean Spears record in two thousand twenty? Is it a winning it record? Up. Is it a winning record? I believe it is. Is it five hundred? <laughs> I believe it is. Pull it up. I have to I have to pull it up. Uh let me pull see it up then. I'll I'll pull it up. Hold on. Cause I I, I because remember, that was a good stretch where he was out here losing everything. I think I think Spears might have, have cleaned himself up via AEW Dark. See? That's the same shit they did with the Nyla Rose where it's like, okay, like, where are these wins coming from? Where did she get this title shot from? I've seen Sheeta beating people on TV. I've never seen Nyla Rose beating, beating people on TV. And then she gets title shot and she becomes champion. Like... I don't necessarily like if you want to say that person got over that like, you need to put that you need to air clips of her beating pinning people to the mat or same for Spears like because the only match I remember him getting a win on was when he pinned uh, Darby right in that he tag match pinned him in the tag match right all right let's see we almost got it pulled up all right so in 2020 he's five and seven overall this year so he has a losing record he does. Okay. So, so let's even, see what. Even while pushing him, he still has a losing record. <laughs> or trying well, to Darby push has him. a losing. Well, no, Darby has a losing record. He's five and six. So I, I know. Why do you think I'm talking about how bad they're about how bad this was? Look, they're put, t- talking about the whole thing it, about a tilt. Look, a and, tilt. And, and Cody and Cody's ten and three. So it's like either, like you said, either these wins matter or they don't. So. I'm talking about big matches, and you talking about big matches with Sean Spears. They're obviously not because he's five and seven. Look, if it wasn't a big match, these people would not have overreacted like they did when he was using that chair. They reacted because he got his head sliced open, which made it a big match. Okay, well, um, how about it now? Sean Spears has been great. I, I, I've enjoyed Sean Spears. I think, um, I think it was last, either Wednesday or the weekend before. And it was him, it was MJF, it was Britt on the Hill side of the of the cheering session. They were mm-hmm. fantastic together. They were a triumvirate of assholery. It was awesome. But, you know, in that promo he cut with uh, about, you know, you left your brother just to, you know, you left your brother like that in that way. I can live with myself being like that, but I, but I, it's pretty obvious that you can. Like that was great. So he's doing he's doing great work, and then the bell rings, and it's like something like 
I don't know. Like they're they're booking him as just to be like this person that's going to be a thorn in Cody's side, as opposed to somebody that can give you something else right now. I'm not saying that yeah, that can't change, but like that's kind of where they've left it with him. And I think that honestly, if they did MJF and Sean Spears as an actual group together, it'd be fantastic because they have great chemistry. Like they've shown them a great chemistry when they've been like doing the sideline stuff. When they remember when they were first gambling. Yeah. That was fun as hell. Like, I don't know why MJF and him can't be a team, a tag team of some sorts. Like, I, I would, I'd be perfectly fine with them being, you know, potential tag team foes for Hangman and Kenny and whenever, you know, this is all passed or whatever else when they can get to it. But they have not really gone with that other than to say, like, oh, yeah, you hate Cody. I hate Cody, too. Hey, let's hang out and gamble. Because everyone must, must ultimately orbit around Cody. <laughs> <laughs> we spent too much time on Cody. Let's move on, man. Um, so let's just roll right into MJF. Uh, they announced uh, kind of a match out of nowhere with him and Jungle Boy. Kind of planning to see is like you know they pushed it the last time you guys wrestled on TV. It's like this real you know MJF's real future rival. His his career rival is not Cody. Cody is a guy that is like oh, 11, 10 uh, years older than him. Yeah, but the guy that's going to be there, like the sting to his flair, if there is one, uh, is probably going to be Jungle Boy or Darby Allen. But it seems like they're pairing Jungle Boy off with him, who they've shown a lot of chemistry. They wrestled on the, on the boat. Not really much here, you know, to sink uh, your teeth into. It's just like, hey, go do a great match. And these guys do have good chemistry together. Yeah, I'm just like, does Jungle Boy, like, does he sting at talking or something? Uh, I would think so. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the only time he talked, I think, was when he was sat down with Jim Ross. Yeah, um, it's gonna be a fun little match. Like, it's gonna be, not a little match. I don't want to do that. Like, they had a fun match before. Like, MJF probably has had his best ma- singles match at AEW with Jungle Boy. Um, so should be good. Um, obviously, I feel like um, there's gonna be potential. Wardlow in Jurassic, um, said Jurassic, uh, um, Luchasaurus, um, potential where they, you know, they have a stir down, um, on the floor somewhere. Potentially, maybe they, they brawl to the back. Um, but yeah, should be a good match. Um, MJF has no business losing. Um, but should be fun while it lasts. MJF undefeated this year. Um, Jungle Boy, I wonder if he's going to get that that itch that Darby Allen had to do, or Sammy had last pay review to come out here and you know, you know, make himself famous, you know, doing something crazy. So he might get that. I, I would say look out for that. A six um, off the top row through the table. Maybe, maybe. Mm. Um, so uh, there is a uh, the next match is a casino ladder match for the future AEW World Title match. Right now, eight people are announced. Uh, there are nine in the match. Um, we've alluded to it earlier. So Darby Allen right now, as it stands, versus Colt Cabana versus Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix versus Scorpio Sky versus Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, and Luchasaurus. This um, is going to be wild. Okay, so what are the rules for the title shot? Is it like at a date to be determined, or is this money in the bank? I, I think it's like the same thing like last year. You know, uh, you know when Hangman won a battle royal for a future title match. That's the sa- same so, stipulation. So, do you think it's actually going to be at? Would it be that would be all out too? Right? Feels, feels like a long way away at all out too. Yeah, I mean that's because the days are longer now. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um. I mean, if that's the case, I mean, depending on on where this goes, I mean, I feel like there are a few options that all work and all will work well if these were like, you know, the match is only going to be on TV somewhere, like in, you know, four weeks from now. But, um, 
as I far have as feeling this might lead to a TV. Type yeah, of match. I think that makes That's more right. sense because, like, you know, it's it's an easy thing where like you can build towards you know a four for four a four week program, move on, and then like you have six weeks or whatever else it is to get to wherever you're trying to get to for the next pay per view, but. Trying to hold it off for that long, knowing that like people will circle each other, and yeah, I don't, I don't think that you know, I, I'm not really here for ten week builds, <laughs> or for like twelve week builds or whatever the hell that would be. Um, so, so yeah, I think, um, I think this be a TV match, and I mean, if it's going to be a TV match, whatever, like there are a bunch of good choices between Scorpio or Phoenix or. Um, Darby or Luchasaurus or I'm, I'm f- sure I'm forgetting two other people too like um, Frankie and Orange Cassidy and Cole Cabana. Um, I don't know about them yet. I think that you kind of have to give them a little bit more before this. Like, I mean, Orange only won one match, right? Um, he won against Jimmy Havoc. He won against. Oh, let me phrase that singles match. Sorry. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, he's super over, but like I think he kind of. I mean, it, why not? Like, if you're gonna do Orange Cassidy versus Moxie on TV, I think that will work. People are like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is Moxie going for here? I think I think just the curiosity would get people to watch it. And I think like those two together with like their two personas and characters, like it would go very well when Moxie starts selling for his nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, like they've done the thing before where they've gone pop into pockets against each other. They like, had a pocket off where Hanson pocket off. What do you want to call it? So yeah. Um, but I, I think it's a TV. I think it should be a TV deal. Like I, twelve weeks is really hard. Yeah. Um, all the guys in this match, I'd want to see Ray Phoenix uh, come out with the win here. And I say that you know, I don't know if he's like the second or third guy in the unit, you know, in Death Triangle, but he's the only guy that's you know representing here. So um, as far as like you know, spinning Mox off into you know a something after Brody Lee. You could do a lot worse than the death triangle. Like, yeah. so, you know, uh, the, the, the contrast of styles, the thing that, you know, would attract me most to AEW would be like, all right, let's see what John Moxley and Ray Phoenix hits like, you know, for the world belt, like on a TV, or I could buy that as a pay per view match, even. So, I mean, I'll say this like, I mean, any of them three versus Moxley, like, I would pay to see. Like, especially like Emmett. I'm probably going to regret saying this. Eventually, you're going to do it. It's going to end up looking like that shit they did with um, Omega at full gear, but like, Pentagon versus Moxley is a is a hardcore dream match. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't want them, you know, trying to cl- trying to climb through glass or crawl through glass like they did at uh, Full Gear, but like within the realms of like not going to all the way overboard, like they should have a great one of those kinds of kinds of matches. Um, I, I don't think this is the match for Darby to win. It feels like you know you'd be putting him in a position to, to lose again uh, to to lose. Um, <laughs> Even like uh, another big, big match, and and I w- I kind of want to keep him away from that. So uh, the the rules of this thing is like a staggered entry. So every ninety seconds, someone right. will uh, will come in. If it was me, I would have the match end before Darby gets in it. I mean, <sighs> and then have him fucking furious that he didn't get a chance to enter it. You book you know a match or a program between whoever wins and him, not necessarily for the title shot, but just like to wrestle each other. I think that uh, I feel like that's a good storyline. Like I feel like if you do that, and I was, that's the reason why like, I'm kind of like not too sure about this stipulation on this ladder match is because 
the only way to get people to buy into the it can actually end at any time is eventually in the first you know two or three matches of this if you're going to turn this to an angle thing somebody needs to like win the match before everybody's in there and then you know you play off the fact that like somebody didn't get their chance to get in so like you have a match like it would be perfect if you know there was some type of heel like uh jim you said jimmy havoc's in there He's not, but there's not. one more person to be announced. Oh, like so for example, I don't know. like if Jimmy Havoc were in it and he won the thing before Orange Cassidy could get in, that's immediately mm-hmm. a program that makes all the sense in the world. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see. Um, I'll, I'm going. I'm coming to. I I have my my you know my antenna up for the the pitfalls that are inherently in a match like this. But like if they do it well, they can overcome it. Yeah, I mean, I saw them just, overcome a fucking uh, Iron Man match a few months ago. Yeah. And looking at who's going to be in this match, like, Coke Ben has done tons of crazy shit in his career. Darby Allen doesn't give a fuck. Orange Cassidy, whatever he brings to the match is going to be hilarious. We Phoenix know Ray Phoenix, Phoenix don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, Scorpio Sky is a super athlete. He's going to be looking to prove something. Um, you know, Kip Sabian's in the match. And, you know, if you talk about a guy that's always kind of, like, got people out to get him, even, you know, me, <laughs> I've been there, you know, giving it to Kip, like, He's going to try to be proven this is more than a, hey, thank you for being here during the pandemic tapings. What if, um, uh, what if like, they do the reverse of the first ever woman's money in the bank where, like, Penelope wins the, bu- the briefcase for him? What if oh they did that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Instant Yes. Uh, so... Crazy for okay. the ultimate ex Frankie Kazarian. He, is, is he going to come into play? I, I've only heard about so, about ultimate ex Frankie. So, and then Luchasaurus. So, yeah, I don't think I don't think Luchasaurus will win. I think Luchasaurus is uh, <clears throat> is there to you know, get his spots in. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, so, uh, if they're going to be there's one more person on the roster, who would you pick? Well, that's, a, that's what we get to. If there was another person like. Shouldn't one of these people be like somebody that's like one of these recent releases from WWE? That would be um, that would be an awesome surprise. Like if, if they came out, you know, if, if you know, Cassius Ono was the ninth guy or, you know, Chris Hero was the ninth guy. What is, what is Miroslav Bonyashev doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Leave that one blank uh, until, you know, the show. Um because I'm, I'm looking through the roster right now. Joey Janela has came out and said he's not in the match. So that that would be the only guy that, you know, the other guy that I was wanting to see in this was Joey Janela. Oh, so just because of the his nature? Bro, like, like, we already know he don't give a fuck. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh, God. Yeah. I just thought yeah, about I, it. Yeah. Surprise. What, what, that, are that, that, when, what are you going to do when Matt Cardona comes out? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I don't want to see it. I, I don't want to see oh, it. Oh man! I, I, I do not want to watch dark hair Zack Ryder. I I know somebody's evil Zack Ryder. I, I almost now want to see it just so that like we can get we can follow we can really see like we had that conversation between Florida uh, between uh. Um, uh, writer in Janela for AEW with me and Floyd, and like I kind of want to see it because like I'm pretty sure I'm, if it like, comes out in real time, my God! Yeah, I'm like, I'm like I just want never expect like, to materialize this fast, right? Like it happens, right? And then like I can already see myself six weeks later, and I can already be like, and then Floyd be like, just wants to ruin my joy from being able to rub it and be like, yeah, you're right. Like, 
Why don't you want to fight? I want to continue poking the point at the fact that you're wrong. I, you know that's how I, you know what happened oh. with me. Like we have, I have arguments. People be like, "All right, what about?" And then you know, like Kayla, for example, the other week talking about the Naomi thing is like, "Go ahead." Yeah. And now it's like, now he don't want to fight anymore. No like I, you, you've ruined it. Like I, I enjoy holding that kind of stuff for people. I'm that kind of petty. So I'm that kind of petty. I just, I just am. I like when's being right more than anything look, else. Look, look, look. When's your birthday, James? <laughs> November 29th. What year were you born in? 87. I'll let you tell it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, the AEW Women's Championship, uh, we got Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida in a no yeah. DQ, no countout match. Yes. So, it's going to be on. Uh, yeah. We know, the we know how be used. the candlestick will be in play. I'm sure the tables will be in play. Yes. Um, Sheeta likes wrestling people bigger than her. Yeah. Uh, usually, you don't see bad Carl Sheeta matches. Uh, Nyla's looking for, you know, she was obviously gone uh, throughout the whole quarantine period. Mm-hmm. Um, this should be kind of interesting here. They actually have somewhat of a build, and it's like, more, like you know, th- is this progress, James? Well, one thing I will say is like Sheeta has <laughs> that was that was a joke, but go ahead. Sheeta has like. <laughs> Floyd had pointed this out, like, and this is the reason why I was like, wait, she's in another four-way for a shot, like, to get the title. So I'm like, she's beating, like, everybody, like, a dozen times. And then Floyd was like, after, t- after trolling me, he goes, like, yeah, she's like, she's won, she's like, she's won a title shot, like, four different times already. I was like, that's my point. It's like, we have a wor- very, very worthy contender. This might be, like, the most worthy contender we've ever had for the uh, AEW Women's Championship. Um, but, like, it's still so soon from when Nyla won it that I don't know what exactly you do. And then like, if, and then another part of it is like, if she loses it, then like people are going to immediately start pointing to the fact that like, she wasn't on those tapings. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, like, I don't know when the next time you'll be able to have somebody as hot as kayfabe or far from a win loss perspective as Hikaru is after like, you already beaten Statlander and you, if you beat Shida, like, who would be next? Like, I don't know if you can bring Yuka Sakazaki in. Riho, is she still go here? Yeah, falling off the Pokemon. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know right, what she like, the only The only logical answer after this, if, um, I feel like whoever, whoever wins whatever else, like, the next person needs to be Brit. Yeah, I and, and I think yeah, ideally you want to have Britt win it from a baby face, but right. uh, I don't know how Britt and Nyla would go. So that's that would be the the argument to get it on Sheeta so she can get it to Britt. You know, they like to pretend that they don't do baby face and hill dynamics. So maybe their idea is like, once she fights, if, if she fights Britt, Britt has so much heat, quote unquote, that like they'll just maneuver or kind of shine up the fact that like uh, Nyla is a monster. And make her more of the baby, the baby face of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like if they do that in front of a crowd, like when the doctor co- is here to see you comes out, like and then get that pot and be like, oh, we've made a grave mistake. So I don't, so I don't yeah. know if they want to do that. I don't know how they play this. <laughs> like, but Brit's next. Whatever they do, Brit needs to be next after this. It, it um, feels like Brit's next, but it's almost like I would be careful if I was them, right? Doing it because correct, like and. Gotcha. It's a little bit of, you know, do you remember when Roman Reigns first won the title? Pretty much the second that people started, they gave him like one sustained pop and Vince immediately was like, yes, we're just going to crown him now. Mm -hmm. And that ultimately kind of like wasn't the answer, right? 
now that Britt is kind of like, you know, regained her goodwill and kind of become, you know, somewhat a star uh, in a sense, I just think you you make sure you go slow so you don't lose that. It's so, it's so funny every time I this for a heel. Like, right. <laughs> we're treating like she's a baby face. Well, I'm talking about, well, yeah, well, there's that. And then, you know, there's the, because the, the calls for Britt Baker to disappear off the earth are no longer here like right, they were right. when she was a baby face. So what I'm talking about is like meta. It's not the actual like, yeah, yeah. storyline. Right. <laughs> so right. and, and um, AEW's pretty good at like figuring out what their crowd, you know, right. what's up with their crowd. Yeah. So if it's me, um I'm waiting on Brit till like the end of the summer or full gear. Sounds about right. And then, like, and she's been, you know, showing that she doesn't even have to wrestle to, like, you know, necessarily remain over. So um, we'll roll that into uh, Baker and Statlander. Who do we have here? I'm going to take Nyla. um, And, you know, because I feel like they want to give that belt some stability as well as show her spot. is that I didn't even think about that um, with, with her. Like, you know, if she lost the belt immediately. She yeah. does always, She's a great, dependable wrestler. She can win the belt at any time. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I think. Yeah, I think I would keep it on Nyla. Um, I don't know who you get up in the from the out of the babyface bullpen after she after you get past Sheeta, but um, they'll have time. Like I think you you might want to pull up uh, Big Swole. You have you seen Swole since quarantine? Um. Crohn's disease. I, oh wow! So I don't know if she's coming outside like that. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, maybe you dust Shanna off. Who can is she in, roll the in there? I believe she lives in Tampa. I believe okay. so. Um, <laughs> Anna Jay, no. <laughs> but be, I'm, I'm trying to, th- I, I'm trying to think of people like who would be next because I B Priestley's trying to get back in the country, but you know how that is. So if she, uh, if she comes here. It would only be for AEW, and then where would she go? Like, yeah, uh, I mean, she's over there with Will, and they're in the UK right now. Yeah, so they have to figure something out. Maybe, maybe they, maybe they call Riho back. That would make sense. Yeah. Um. Hell, have Riho end up winning that bit back, and then, oh my god, then you had a doctor, uh, you know, do do her do her uh, deal there. Oh man, I I don't think I'd make Riho. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like I mean, they're they're in a better spot than they were um, a few weeks ago, or not a few weeks ago, but like they're in a better spot as far as like Brit is like the biggest star they've ever had in the division. Um. Even bigger than, in my opinion, Rio was at the time. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, Meltzer has some data to either shout that down or bat it up. But, like, as far as, like, let me rephrase that. Like, the most intriguing character they've had in the division has been Britt. Um, and, I mean, I'm not in any rush to get it onto her. Uh, right. Because I'm, then not she like has to defend it, and then she has to, like, take on the role as the champion. And I don't know. Maybe that's a different thing for her. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, either way, like Sheeta and, and Nyla, I think they have a great match. So I'm, I'm. I mean, we call it. Pull- I, I feel like they're gonna. They're, I feel like we're. I'm confident in three and three quarters. That's basically where I'm in on that. You no, know, we can always pull out Mel. You know, um, you know, Mel. 
Oh, I when you it took you the second time to say her name for me to realize who the fuck you were talking. About. I was like Mel. I was like, oh, wait, what? Who is Mel? You know, oh, her. You know she can stand face to face with uh uh Nala Rose, right? Uh, are we turning her baby face? <laughs> sure, why not? Luther's a baby face now. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay, good for I don't know. Like I hey, Luther versus Jimmy Havoc was actually pretty decent. That's you know. nice. Um, see it. So we got Britt Baker, <laughs> we got Britt Baker versus uh, versus uh, Chris Statlander. Uh, the other women's match, two women's matches on the show. Uh, so that, that's a good look for them. And you know, I, I think Statlander is going to be uh, having an L here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I I wouldn't have booked this match necessarily. Like, if you need to book book a second women's match to put them on the card, and I see why you did that, but um, I don't know. Uh, you know, stats been gone for so long. You know, like that's that's the thing with this women's division. Like, a lot of the women were gone so long. People they really had to rely on was Sheeta and Britt. So it's like the answer for any of these right now is like it should. The answer right now should be like Sheeta or Britt, but like that's not fair to the other women that just like cared about their health more than those two you know what i'm saying like it's weird so it's really weird um yeah so so yeah it was that letter, like they were clearly building for uh brit baker and big swole match at some point right they did. That didn't ever Not happen married, so, baby yeah so i don't know if that was may have been here or not so yeah uh chris feels like kind of a substitute here but they, they heated up with that you know uh you know them two pairing off in the fatal four-way uh she got the win um, yeah, um, Brit. <laughs> yeah, the never, never, never mind that. Rising again. Never mind that pinfall. I'm just going to. I'm so mad. I'm so mad that I'm going to put on it. I'm going to put you on the ground. Go grab a glove for 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 safety, and then put the move on. While also, while I had the presence of mind to think of that, I'm not paying attention to the fucking uh, match ending in the ring. Okay, hey. whatever. You know, Britt miles ahead. Knew, knew she would have had to fight Nala Rose. Don't want none. <laughs> Wait, she's just waiting to pick off someone that beats her? Light years ahead. <laughs> but, she, but, but her title match should be straight up. It's not no, like, cash-in. Like, if it was a cash-in, it would make sense. No, I was saying, she, she knew she would have had to fight Nyla one-on-one had she won point. the match. No, my point is, like, let's say if she had a, if she were to, quote-unquote, have a money in the bank, right? She... I can understand that logic. Be like, look, uh, I don't want no smoke with her, but the person that that, that survives beating her, I'm cashing on their ass. But, but like, <laughs> Brit ain't got no money in the big briefcase. <laughs> That's what, I mean. I, I I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, but uh, and, you know, we'll see. And then uh, on a pre-show, there's Private Party versus Best Friends. Best Friends been you know quietly really good over yeah. um, you know last couple months. Uh, you know, Chuck's been getting some pins. Trent's had, you know, some times where, you know, he was looking great, especially against Kenny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Private parties recently come back on the scene, uh, picked up a couple wins on Dark the last couple weeks. Sure, though, if it was me, I'd make sure I'd get them on TV. I don't know if they're booked this week. Um, but, yeah, this should be a nice, you know, <laughs> a nice fast-paced pre-show match. I have a question. Did maybe I'm misremembering this, but did Dark Order at one point they were like number one contenders for the tag titles? Did they ever get a title shot? No. Oh, they still but, are. But they still are. But Grayson and Uno have not been on shows. Yet. Right. Right. So okay. Um, these guys are both ranked in the top five. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so they'll run it. But yeah, I our, imagine. I imagine <clears throat> what's called wins. Uh, uh, best friends. Yeah, I imagine they win. Yeah. 
Um, then we've got the stadium stampede match. So at the Jacksonville Jaguars field, I don't know the rules. I don't know if it's like submit or surrender. I don't know if it's like a pinfall for one person. I don't know if it's an elimination match. Sounds kind of, you know, interesting. Um, it's interesting but, because you don't know anything that's happening. <laughs> yeah, because it's almost like, well, I want to see what it is. And you it haven't seen a cool. Look, it's like I don't know what's going on. I don't know who half. I, I I don't know or haven't seen like a quarter of the participants like for weeks. Sounds intriguing. Like boy, <laughs> the, the AEW Kool Aid is so sweet and delicious. Bro, when you're a well-booked company that, look, that that tends to figure it out, look, look, I'm laughing at it because like I agree with you. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck is Heyman been? <laughs> Niggas been in the woods. <laughs> like I'm like I'm pointing to you all the glaring plot, uh, all the glaring holes, and why like booking this match like hurts. Like if people have been on TV. I don't know, like, where they left off that emotionally between all that stuff. Their match got canceled, so that, you know, messed up some of the dynamics or whatever else. They had to do a whole bunch of stuff with Kenny. Kenny had found a whole new tag team partner. Like, that's going to be involved at play. You know you know that Heyman's going to be Pastor Grush was fucking Matt Hardy. Like, it's, you know, I don't know what's going on. But, like, I probably am anticipating this match more than anything else on the card. It's so dumb. Bro, <laughs> it's so like, I'm looking at it, right? And I'm like, well... Could this main event? Oh my god! <laughs> like I'm thinking about it, like because well, probably you should. To the stadium, you cut to the stadium. Right. It probably like, should because of that. It like, probably should. Like you don't want to go back to the arena after that. Like <laughs> right, right. It feels like you know, you got Jericho in it, you got Kenny in it. You know, double or nothing last year. You know, synergy. You know, last I, year I didn't this think year. About that part. I didn't even think about that part. But you're right. Like um, I think like they're gonna have to hit that stuff hard. Like. I don't know if you can get away with doing the CM Punk. Uh, what show was that? What was the show after WrestleMania 30 or 29 where Punk went away for two months and he showed up in Jericho, basically cut promos with Heyman? Payback. Yeah, like, I don't think you do a Payback 2013 and just like have him just be away for forever and he just shows up. Like, I think that like the Young Bucks, either the Young Bucks, mostly Matt, of course, or... I think everyone's back oh, next week. Okay, on well, TV. they need everybody back so we understand the dynamics at play going into the match and also the match rules, whatever else. And that should be the hard sell going out of the show, like with some gigantic, you know, 10 person brawls, 12 person brawl, however many people are in the match. And then go from there and then, you know, have your idea. And like after that, like people understand, but, you know, uh, I you know I think there probably needs to be main event like after they after they shoot whatever they shoot to get you to understand what's what you're in store for on Saturday I think it should be the main event if they don't do that it needs to be second or third from the top yeah because like I don't think you do this like third on the card and then cut back to <laughs> whatever or you know put it there and then be like all right Michael and Brody Lee take your ass out there <laughs> you know. Right. It feels kind of cold, uh, gentlemen. Oh yeah. By the way, I'll take Mox. I don't know if we made a prediction there, but oh yeah, um, I, yeah. I think that goes without saying. Yeah, Moxley beats the WWE. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Stadium Stampede. I don't like. I said we know nothing about this match, nothing. but uh, we'll go back to the participants. Of course, it's uh, Hangman and Kenny Bucks and Matt Hardy against the Inner Circle: Jericho, Hager, Sammy, uh, Santana, and Ortiz. Um, I 
this is something I picked up on. You know, I don't like the fact that Kenny Omega was, you know, eating pins from Matt Hardy and then Matt Hardy was getting the pins here. But, you know, he, he's just he's basically hangman. He's older hangman. This is, you know, obviously he doesn't work as well as hangman. But my point, like the whole idea is like you're with this guy. This guy does most of the work. And then the other guy like swoops in and gets the wins or doesn't right. eat the pins because we're trying to pr- push this dude or slash protect that dude. Yeah. It's amazing what they what they, what, what they do uh, what they'll ask him to do to do, and he does it with a smile on his look, face. It's, it, I, it's amazing. I, look, do you think that they asked him, or do you think Kenny was like, "I'll lose, I don't care." <laughs> look, you know, Kenny dumbass would be did. like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll lose, I'll play. lose any match you ask me to. I can't wait to put over Marco Stunt. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to get. I can't look. I can't wait to get. Hey, first man. off, hey, quick question. Do you? Do you think they had to convince uh, him to 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 actually go over Alan Angels? Do you think that he suggested? Oh my play? God! Can only kid I think he's good. I think I think we can make him something. I think I think I should put him over. No, Kenny. No. Okay. So okay. Um, fine. Fine. You got a point. You're right. You're right. Kenny probably be saying dumb shit and they'd be like they'd be telling him no. He'd be like you're right. You're right. I shouldn't have done um, that. I shouldn't have suggested I'm, that. I'm glad you brought Alan Eagles up because Jericho? Alan Eagles. Out no, this is uh we'll, we'll talk about that also. Okay, this is nothing but proof that Kenny Omega was right. Um, Alan Eagles wrestled against Ray Phoenix on Dark, and it was uh-huh. awesome. And it oh, looks yeah. like that man's found money, like at maybe twenty two years old or whatever. Hmm. Okay, and then he has a match this week on Tuesday against Sammy Guevara. So they're clearly pairing him with all these dudes that can work or right, whatever. Right, right. So Kenny Omega was right, y'all. <laughs> Ryan Satin. Um, <laughs> All right, but, now you want to talk about uh, Pineapple Pete and Jericho? Sure. It was fucking awesome. Oh, my God. Everything. All right. Even from, like, the promos or whatever, uh, Pineapple Pete, uh, Shug D, cut, cut, you know, is a good talker, and, you know, his promos kind of felt, like, real in a sense. Came off the street, you know, been been on the indies for forever, and I, ultimately, I'm about to start praising Chris Jericho. So this guy, Chris Jericho, he just proves why he's a, a super duper Hall of Famer once again. Um, he he builds this guy, this little no one, like <laughs> a literal John out of the crowd because he's wearing a pineapple shirt. And then he notices that shit catching on. And it builds like for five weeks until they do a match against each other. This dude starts blowing up on PWTs. He wears his T-shirt to the ring. He makes the squash match that he's going to have with this guy matter kind of and and, and i don't know it's just like by the time it came i wanted to see pineapple pete versus chris jericho why i have no idea see now like this what you just explained is like an encapsulate or an encapsulation of why like i thought it was preposterous that people thought that cody should have won aew wrestler of the year over jericho last year in our award show because it's like jericho did this with scorpio sky darby cody uh, Moxley, uh, or not Moxley, uh, but it's actually, mm, after Full Gear Moxley, uh, like, all throughout this time, like, he was doing this in these matches or whatever else, putting people over and giving them signs to shine and, like, having their biggest moments at the time of their careers, like, with Jericho doing this sorts of, these sorts of things or whatever. This is just on a smaller scale with Pineapple Pete. So, D, and I'm like, this is the reason why, like, he is making the rest of this roster up for Cody to eventually in three or f- two, three, four years, like 
face those guys. Like, I don't understand why y'all don't understand this. Cody's about Cody because Cody should be about Cody right now. He's doing a great job, a fantastic job, one of the best jobs I've ever seen at Cody trying to, you know, make himself to a top star. And also the rest of the company around him trying to make him to a top star. However, Jericho's already there and Jericho is out here trying to, like, raise the floor. I don't understand why you don't understand. He's raising the floor and giving these people credibility. I don't under, and he's making the, the universe quote unquote more credible with these people that you don't know. But like, oh, I remember I like him now because he did this with this person that, I, you know, that's a legend. That's why I couldn't understand why people were like, didn't get that. Yeah. I, I just, uh, <laughs> it was like, yeah. There's no nice. It's Cody. is just like Cody is uh, Cody is right now. His only job is to score. Jericho's job is to score facilitates, play defense, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, set picks, you know what I'm saying, he's, his whole job was do everything. Win games? <laughs> well, of course, win games. Of course, he was out yeah. here winning them games, of course. Yeah. Um, and then by the time, you know, he knocks Trudy out with the juice effect, it's like, it's perfect. It's like, right. he fired up, and then he caught the fucking, uh, like, the moving wrestling that no one kicks out of, right. and he's done, and right. it's like, Oh, this makes perfect sense. Like he hurt, he hurt the uh, the former world champion, the legend of the promotion, and then at the end he got caught with a move. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just Jericho's fucking great. Um, <laughs> and, and and I, you know, I wouldn't put it past Jericho to hear, you know, some of the noise about you know black wrestlers in AEW. I, w- I wouldn't put it past Jericho to be like, well, I want to work with that guy. You know, I thought I, you were gonna say that you weren't gonna put a pass on it. Like you heard the Ryan Sand shit with Kenny. It was like, all right, watch me. I'll watch let you me, take watch, that. Me, watch me sell for this dude for like thirty seconds, and then watch me, you know, get him out of here. And then like I basically have, you know, a thirty or a, like a one minute or two minute version of the six minute match with Eagles. Mm-hmm. Where I, you know, give up where I actually like you know have less offense than, than percentage wise than uh, Omega did. Sure, Dean dominated ninety five percent of that match, Jim. <laughs> right. <laughs> Amazing. I I can't believe Chris Jericho's star power isn't ruined. Yeah, uh, his ability to draw is, has not yes. waned. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's, he's circling the drain right now as we speak. <sighs> well, uh, those are all the matches that are announced, unless they added anything else. Yeah, uh, AEW has been pretty tight uh, pay per view wise about like not going into double digits on their shows. So. Right. Uh, maybe there's one more match. I'm not sure, but I think they could use another work rate match. Personally, I don't know who it would be, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they're. I mean, there's. They have a lot more people at their disposal now. When they got, you know, the LA guys are coming back in, or really the young boys come back in, and um, the New York guys have came back in recently. But like, you know, I don't think we will be, you know, at full tilt. Pun yeah. intended until until uh, we get Pac back. I mean, I miss Pac. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, like, I like to get how, the Death Triangle in the uh, building. Can this promotion continue to run at a? How can this? How can they reach their peak without having the best wrestler in the world on the roster? <laughs> like I love, like he's not the best wrestler in the world, but I call the best in the world. I love watching Pac so much. He's fucking awesome. Um. Anyway, uh, I guess we. I thought you were gonna talk about QT. I thought you were talking about QT. You, you know, know. I was not talking about QT Marshall. You know, See, uh, you are, you are, you are trying to get a reaction, and you will not get it from me. No, I'm not giving. I'm not giving the, you the satisfaction. I'm not giving the listeners satisfaction. No, hey man, you know, is he on QT. dark this week? QT is on dark this week. Yep, get him a win. 
Yep, I, I think he's facing uh, maybe one of his trainees. Not sure. Is he fought I, Brody I, yet? Brody Lee, right? I believe he did. Did he? I know he fought Archer. No, he fought Lance. Uh, I don't think he's fought Brody yet. Actually, no. Um, I would have to think about it. I would have okay. to think about it. So, know. one of the matches of like babyface geeks that I'm I'm waiting for. I need that Warlow and in in I need that Warlow Marco stunt. Oh, I need that, sir. Bro, it it, it feels like it's, it's, it's circling. So Look, I know next week. I know this coming Wednesday we're about to get MJF versus Warlow. I mean, not versus uh, Warlow, but MJF versus uh, Marco, and that's cool. Whatever. Yeah. Move aside. <laughs> don't Marco going to get a win this week on Dark. Look, m- maybe, maybe not. All I'm saying is, I would rather watch a Warlow squash him. <laughs> Than for them to uh, to do that match than to do MJF versus versus uh, Marco, I would much rather see whatever. Can you imagine? Does he does his teeth fall out on the war trigger? Does Marco's teeth fall out? Oh my god! He would destroy like, this little dude. He would destroy him. Does his does his head fall off like during Maybe. during the um the war? Yes, match stoppage due to decapitation. Yes. I like to see Brandon Color uh, fight for him. Look, oh my God, that's terrible. I like to see Brandon Color in the Warlow. Um, is he still anybody that can block the Warlow? What? What's he's happening? He's on BTE. He lives in California. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I think last time I saw him was when so, he got power bombed through. He got power bombed with the Young Bucks. Like, uh, I think it's the last time I seen Brandon Cutler. That I can remember. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's a show. Um, you know. They're gonna do what they do. Uh, I expect it to achieve high. Um, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm looking for where the great matches. Are. I'm, I feel like the ladder match is gonna be great. War of the Price yeah. Mission. I feel like the Stampede Stamp match is gonna be great. Yeah. Everything else, I don't know. Like Moxley and Brody, uh, I know, don't know. It, yeah, it's one of those with Moxley where, like, given you know, like Moxley is great, but it's one of those matches where, like. You don't know until the until you see the match, and like depending yeah. on how the match goes, like it could be like, oh, we should have known this, or it's like, well, it just didn't work out. Like, yeah. So, um, oh yeah, when's uh, NXT? I'm I'm gonna go because we're we're at um an hour and fifty seven minutes. I'll go through NXT pretty fast. Um, they did Imperium versus uh Riddle in Thatcher. Um, match is very good. The thing, what they did was with uh Thatcher is. The first time Thatcher came out uh, to be the uh, the guest opponent or guest teammate of um, Riddles on behalf of Pete Dunne, he asked for the for the fist bump. Thatcher no sold and just walked by. They, you know, I don't remember the previous times that they ever do the fist bump, but like this time, no fist bump. Um, then all of a sudden, Riddle he does his you know thing with the flip flops, and one of the flip flops ends up hitting Thatcher. Thatcher's very annoyed. Um, they're having the match. Um, Thatcher starts. This is the best I've seen. This episode is the best I've ever seen Thatcher in the ring. Um, that's not saying much. I've only seen it for like a month, but like after the <laughs> for, after that first match they had, when it was um undisputed era, and they were like they were just all out of sync. Like now I see like oh yeah, Thatcher's real. Um, but starts the match up with Thatcher. Thatcher ends up tagging in or tries to tag out, but. I think Bartell like clears Riddle off the ring, so he's fighting with Bartell. So he goes to tag and he's not there, so he's pissed. So Thatcher's pissed. So 
Riddle gets back, finally gets in. Um, kicking ass, normal Riddle, and then all of a sudden he's working underneath, and they they do a bunch of hot tag spots, hot tags on hot tags on hot tag spots, trying to build towards this hot tag. Um, he fails one last time, like the third time in a row, and like Thatcher turns his head in like disgust almost, and then um, he ends up. Somebody comes charging for uh, to at Riddle. Riddle monkey flips him into the ropes into Thatcher. Thatcher falls to the floor, and he's pissed. Now he's flat out seven. No, he's flat out pissed. He goes. So we just get a chance for Riddle to come clear to get a, a hot tag. Thatcher doesn't get back up on her apron, and then he just leaves. And he just leaves uh, Riddle to fight on his own. Riddle mounts a comeback. After it looks like he's about to get hit with a finish, he mounts come back for like two minutes, kicks some ass. They overcome him, hit their uh, their combo move. New Axiom champions, Bartel Light. Yes, and so, I'm celebrating because you're about to get solo Riddle again. Matt yeah, Riddle singles. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing with me. Like I keep in mind, like they shot on this show, like basically like a whole. Like hat, like probably like six weeks of of uh, programs of of, of stuff in like one episode. That how how many weeks would it have taken for it to play out in NXT? No, I said Tony Khan was booking it. Oh, uh, that would have went a whole cycle. <laughs> and if it was NXT, if it was normal NXT under like pre uh, pre flight restrictions era, this would have went like a half a, a half a cycle. Uh-huh. This one have a cycle, um, like they would have did that like five, six six weeks out from takeover. Um, they would have lost the titles, and then they would have you know gone from there, and they would have had a or actually maybe they would have lost like two weeks after a takeover. Um, you know, then eventually like they have the match, and then like they would have you know went you know ended in a disputed finish or whatever else, and then they'd be like fuck that, we're six weeks out. I want a match at takeover or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um. So, I think that Eichner and Bartel right now, given in that you know, we we need we can't be undisputed ever again. It just can't. Um, <laughs> it can't be undisputed ever again. Bro, like, I saw that. I saw that post. Um, WWE NXT's Twitter Twitter account mm-hmm. put out a thousand days of the undisputed era. I was like, it's time to wrap this shit up, bro. Yeah. yeah. Um. They. Um. It, it needs to like. They can never be the tag champs again. Um, so, like for them, like for Imperium, that's a, that's a good setup for it. Eventually, when these flight restrictions come down, and like maybe Walter's the person to come, you know, come be the person to take the belt off of uh, Adam Cole or whatever else. Like you already have the credibility of tag NXT tag team champions already here with Eichner and Bartel, um, and you know they're just great workers. So you know. More good matches. We need those right now. Um, given you know where we are right now, we're like empty arena. We need people that are like solid wrestlers that can work in that climate. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that Riddle and, or Thatcher can't because they obviously can because they had a fucking banger in the main event. But like that singles division we talked about, we have all these people that we oh, we have all these people that we've done stuff with over the years and are now like quote unquote we you know some of the toys that we've should have been moved on to other places but we decided to keep them to try to compete with AEW and like they're not the time for them to like be fired back up to go towards the top title the uh, Adam Cole's title is not there Gargano no um or uh not Cole but uh Ciampa no 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Balor, Balor had his shot. He, I think he can get another shot in a couple, in a, maybe a month or so. But like not right now. No, no. Um, Velveteen, too fast, too much, too fast. And plus, like you know, he may be out here. You know, yeah, yeah. He may, he, he might need to be fired in a, in a couple weeks for all we know. Um. So yeah, there's um. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I mean, that that only is you know the answer for one man, and uh, you know, Dexter Loomis. Oh my God, that's so. What was the talk about? Why was so much talk about Dexter Loomis? He wasn't even on the show this week. I I don't know. Yeah, a bunch of people talking (laughs) shit about this. He wasn't even on the show this week. What? what? Anyway, so um, Tegan Knox, Andy Hartwell, Andy got the advantage early by overpowering like Tegan stuff. Like she was going for like arm bars, and like Tegan would like no cell flipping over like a big man, like just hold her in place and like try to lift her back up. Um, she gets the advantage. Um, Andy ends up like going for a springboard, mm-hmm. and then Tegan just catches her out of the sky like she's fucking Kane because you know the Lady Kane thing, and then and then choke slams her. I'm like, dude, I understand like. That's just corny. It, no, I'm, I'm sorry. It, it looks really okay. This is the first time it ever annoyed me because like she's so Indy is so much taller than Tegan that it's like mm-hmm. it looked it looked preposterous. It just it just did. Like, why would um, you be doing a choke slam? Like it, yeah. it doesn't make sense at all. I, I mean, obviously, it's the trope of like you know we have stereotyped this 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 move to like people that are tall and you are just an average height sized woman. So it's like nah, man, you need to say that Indy Hartwell should be choke slamming you. Like you know, Raquel Go ahead. Like Rhea Ripley, or yeah, you said. Raquel should be doing choke slams. Like you know, like you ain't no monster. Stop this. So, yes. um, perpetrating. Yeah, but anyway, uh, Morrow during the match like was trying to call her Captain Marvel of the NXT universe, and ended up saying Captain America, which is like even more hilarious because like she's not even American; she's Welsh. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, taking the winning match with a shining was it was a good match, but it just like it, it went short. Like a lot of these matches have been going. Um, <laughs> recently, uh, better than going too long, like especially with with no fans, and especially in WWE with no fans. Look, it, as long as it's not cinematic wrestling, it should be fine. <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> so they ended up recapping uh, last last week's bullshit uh, t- women's title match, where and then they um, showed a pre tape of Rhea. Um, doing this interview, she said that WrestleMania didn't quite go her way. Charlotte winning the title, the title sickened her. Uh, she mentioned that EO couldn't get, even get the job done, even though Charlotte, you know, took the easy way out and took a fucking DQ. What job was she done was on ops out, whatever. Um, uh, she said that she, the person um, she should be the person to bring the title back in, into NXT. She said if EO. Um, wants to get in her way, then so be it, because she'll beat her for uh, for it. And, hey, uh, she says that, uh, hold on, she says that uh, um, she's not finished with, uh, she's not finished yet with Charlotte. Go ahead. You know what they really wanted to book? They wanted to book Rhea screwing EO and then have them fight. And then, you know, but Rhea's a baby face, so they had to wait until Charlotte did it. I don't know what they're doing. Like, all I'm, all I know, Charlotte Poison. That, dude, that's that's, that's, that's what's feel. going on. Is Charlotte's on three shows now, James? She's on Raw and SmackDown now, and NXT. I, I don't know. Last time she was on Raw, to be honest with you, I don't know. But um, what I will say is, like, for a program with three people, you, it seems like you have three heels. I and I don't think I've ever heard of a three-way heel program. I don't think I've ever heard of <laughs> such a thing. Um, I don't know. Like maybe if EO was 
was in front of a crowd right now, like they would have adjusted because obviously, like no one's ever booed her before, even when she was a heel. But like, if they had cut this promo in front of NXT fans, they would have turned on Rhea. I don't, you know, they have no guidance on how to gauge this, but like they're, they're I don't know what they're doing. Anyway, um, so they go, they go backstage. Do you, do you think that they would be on the ABC program to anybody but Charlotte? Yeah, I mean, they were doing that with him when, when Bianca was still there. They were like, you don't go here, go away. Like, they were chanting that stuff to her, and she was like, you know, because she has years of experience of people like, you know, because, one, Charlotte's a great heel when she's actually designed to be a heel now at this point, promo-wise, where she can control the crowd and whatnot, that she, like, killed them, and they shut the fuck up after they said that stuff. But it's like, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish here. I have no, like... I don't know what they're trying to do. Like, if the idea was we're going to have Charlotte down here and she's going to just be down here wrestling the other girls, okay, seems kind of lazy, but okay. If Charlotte the idea beat is, everybody else. If the idea is we're going to do a one-in-one with Rhea to get her hotter by having her fight Charlotte as opposed to these other girls, okay, but you're damaging her by having, by the people that like, by screwing over or getting in the way of this thing that you booked with EO here where you basically gave us an EO title shot that was nothing because you did all this and now you're having her, you know, basically be mean to EO. If the idea is we're going to turn EO babyface here, uh, I I don't know. I think they're trying to accomplish know. too many goals at once with this. And or also, maybe, you didn't mention, they're like, they're, they're, they're trying to accomplish having Charlotte help the ratings, too. But, but, but that's, that's already... That's already that's, that's they don't. They don't. I don't think they think it's finito. Like that's the thing. So they're like, I mean, well, how many, how many weeks do you need? <laughs> look, look, you ain't got to tell me. They've got years of like I've got years of stuff uh, to where they haven't learned the lesson with Charlotte yet. But that's another discussion. Uh, I've run Charlotte down a million times, and I'll just use it to say, yeah, they're, they're probably trying to you know do some radius thing with her. As you mentioned, they're probably trying to do some one and one shit with Rhea, and then everyone else is fucking collateral damage because they don't see them as the real stars anyway. Yeah, but this ain't getting Charlotte. This ain't getting Rhea over to no one though. That's their idea, like <laughs> that it will once she beats Charlotte. But it won't because, like, Look, what it, she it won't, won't be any more over than she was by beating Shayna Baszler. Right, she was already over. Right, that's my point. Like this. <sighs> Whatever, uh, it's, yep. it's it's really weird. It's really really yep. weird, and it and it is like Charlotte gets added to like the best. It's it's really weird. Like I like her matches, but like everything else, everything she touches aside from once the bell rings is like in NXT has turned. It just like it's not been. It is it has been a net negative aside from like the good matches. It's 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 really weird. Um, yeah. So we end up getting uh, Tony Atlas versus uh, Tony Atlas. Uh, <laughs> Tony Atlas. Jesus Christ. <laughs> We get Jake Atlas versus versus Tony Nese. like yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's a short match. That Atlas won. Like um, so him Kashida, him and Kashida Maverick all have two wins. And next week it's Kashida versus Maverick. That's a de facto uh, group um, final. And Kashida controls his own destiny. And the Maverick wins. It becomes this uh, a three way. Um, rock paper scissors uh, thing between Kashida, Maverick, and and Atlas, where they're all two and one, and they've each beaten each other in a, in a way to you know where everybody has a three way tie factor. And I don't know how that's going to work, but I, I don't think it's going to really come up. But like I feel like it hurt 
you know, the potential of, oh my God, like, Drake Maverick is one match away. Now it's like, oh, he's potentially two. He's one match away, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he, like, they draw straws and he draws the, the shortest straw and they tell him to fuck off or whatever mm-hmm. that is where he's ass out. I don't know. Um, so anyway, they end up doing an undisputed four-way Zoom call where they do a conference call and, like, Kyle O'Reilly, he lies because he hasn't been on TV in weeks because he has uh, diabetes, so they're not. He's at risk. So mm-hmm. he's like, "Yeah, man, just been you know, just been on set, you know, with Martin Corsese and shit. Like he's just lying his ass off. It's ridiculous. You know, he's a jackass. This <laughs> is awesome. So um, they all basically like, yeah, man, we have a situation here with like Dexter Loomis. It is like." All right, on the count of three, let's all vote on who should deal with Dexter Loomis. And all three, all four of them at the same time, like Bobby, Kyle, and Adam, all like one, two, three. Roddy, and then Roddy goes, he literally points, he's like, me, like I'll handle this motherfucker. So, like, they're headed towards Roddy versus yeah. Loomis. Um, sorry, Roddy. <laughs> but, like, that's the only mission of Dexter Loomis on the whole show. So I don't know why, like, you know, I kept getting a bunch of stuff about Dexter Loomis this week. I don't get it. But um, we ended up getting a, a vignette with, with uh, Karrion Cross and Scarlett, and they talk about, like, we're entertainers. We're here to entertain you. They're dressed, they're dressed up nicely. Like, I remember you complaining about, like, the all the shit that she was wearing, like, made her look, quote-unquote, less hot. Um, that wasn't a problem this week. Like, they they dressed up real nice. Karrion Cross wears a suit well. It looks like a star. Could He could be the next guy in the next few you know, weeks or whatever else. Like, I got to see what he does in the ring, but like, he looks the part definitely. Um, mm-hmm. he, you know, he per- appears to be able to talk well. Um, then they showed his video package with, with uh, Dakota and Raquel. Raquel t- all they did was like recap Dakota's run, like on the comeback from her blowing out her knee to now. And it's like, is it, was this recorded like back in November and they just aired it now? Because like, it's all the same shit from after she turned heel on, on the woman's baby face side at war games. Or actually, no, I probably say December, like after, after the takeover match between, um, where Raquel came out. It's like, this should have been from like February, like late February. And it's like, they show in the video package that apparently, like, she's not done with Tegan, even though she won the feud already. I don't I, I don't get that, but whatever. Um, and it pretty much restated all the stuff they said, like, to get along with. Like, you know, she was overlooked. It was all about Tegan. Um, they retconned that, like, it wasn't the fact that, like, she was a loser. The reason why they, like, left her off the team. It was that, like, Tegan didn't stick up for her, even though it was like, well, we just stick up for you because you kept Look, they're, losing. They're going to tell, tell us they told us that story later on. Yeah. And and we didn't actually see it, but they said we saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right, so um we ended up getting uh Swerve pre match promo where he basically says like only geeks like go through this whole oh another part about this. Gotta mention this. Atlas beat Nice in a short match. Nice went on three in the in the group. So Swerve does his pre match promo and basically is like only geeks like can't pick up a win in this tournament. Basically, that's what he said. <laughs> like, because he's because he's in a position where like if I win, if he won his match, that he's going into later in the show. He goes two to one, and he has a chance to um, and he has a tiebreaker over Phantasma. So like he he was still in still in the hunt. So he's something like look, I'm one and one. I'm Gucci. Like. I already got me a win. In fact, like niggas that can't win in this thing need to need to kill themselves. <laughs> he didn't say all that, but it's basically where he's alluding to. So, um, 
then uh, DX tells us that like June 7th is their next takeover and it's going to be called Tickering Your House um, and they did some comedy based on like uh, the fact that they did this Goblins match with uh, Triple H back in the 90s that was apparently awful but it involved like pig shit or something I don't know whatever um, and Rio Goblin oh god um, uh, a child of the new generation era I have fond memories of In Your House but you know. I, I don't know what I, I think it's going to be I, I thought name. the young people show Janet I thought <laughs> <laughs> so we bring something back for, for, for you know those that were children in the nineties. Will, okay. will they put up a will they put up a one eight hundred collect banner? Oh my god! Will they put if up I were a, them? I would I would do a true parody. Will they will they put up the Ico? Will, the they, will they? Well, Ico might have been just before in your house, but like they should put this go all. If you're gonna do it, you may as well do it then, right? Like I want to see the no. uh, work. Remember the WWE blimp? Remember that? <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, was that um, they, they got a, It was some blimp. They had a blimp in there. Um, right. I don't. Right. I don't remember, but yeah. uh, they got to have the rope for someone to make the entrance with, swinging off the house, oh, like God. Shawn Michaels. I think Johnny Gargano was on Twitter saying he called dibs on that. Oh God! All right, you so, know they. You know they got to be fucking with Shawn backstage about that. <laughs> uh, wait, wasn't uh, wasn't mind games in your house? Yes. They ain't talk about that. They don't want to they don't remember the goofy stuff, not the yeah. real. Uh so uh you end up getting Battle versus Grimes. Physical match, they're they're really just hitting each other all over. Like they get a spot where um last week, like I said, like Grimes was talking shit and said that like if Balor Balor's talking about, you know, this and the third, but like if he was front of my face, I slap him right in his face and Balor came out and had that man, you know, hold. So Grimes gets the advantage in the match. He has him on on the mat, and he said, "I said last week that I was gonna slap Ballard. I would slap Ballard in the face, and all of a sudden he lifts him up and he cracks that man in the fucking mouth." <laughs> he says, "And I'm a man of my word." I howled. <laughs> this, look, that that man built towards that. That man said last week I slapped him hey. in the face and then put it over. <laughs> hey, he'll come up and deliver. That so, that that's that's wrestling. Yeah. So um, that only pissed off Balor. Balor starts uh, getting advantage. He goes, he gets hot, and then um, goes on a, goes on a run. And then I look like he's about to finish him. And then all of a sudden, actually, you know, they end up outside. All that ends up outside from the run that uh, that Balor goes on. And all of a sudden, Damian Priest just walks up to the ringside, walks to the barricade. He goes to climb over the barricade uh, with the nightstick. Balor uh, lays him out, and then he throws. Grimes in the in the ring to try to get a win, and as he goes to climb into the ring, he ends up catching a nice stick to the back from uh, to the back of his legs from Priest. Uh, then he rolls to the ring. He ends up getting the double stomp from from Grimes, and Grimes ends up getting this disgusting win. <laughs> like Grimes only ever wins after uh, Priest went beats somebody up for him off like mm. with the ref taken. This is just a line, boys. May as well at this point. They've done it twice now. They did it to. Uh, I think they did it to either they did it to uh, Dijakovic or they did it to Keith Lee. I can't remember. This is back in like January, and they just did it again. Uh, so Priest gets a chair. He puts the chair and props the bar over uh, the, the 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 horizontal bar against Balor's neck and says, 
I I'm in, I enjoy you know messing with you. I just why well, I enjoyed messing with you three weeks ago when I ransacked your your locker room and hurt you or whatever else. Like I was basically saying I'm the person that fucked up that Velveteen Balor match from weeks ago. So they're headed towards the program. Um, then you know again Swerve versus Gallagher. Swerve comes out last. He go he's halfway up the ramp. Out comes Nice, attacks him, beats his ass, hurts his ribs. Um, and then leaves him for dead because he's like he's pissed about him talking about you should kill yourself if you can't win a match in the tournament. Uh, keep in mind, uh, he said this while going up against Gallagher, who was 0-2 at the time. So Gallagher is like, I'm okay. I ain't got no beef with you. Beat his ass. I don't give a shit. So Swerve gets to the ring. The ref, you stupid. The ref gets into the ring. and Or the ref... Swerve gets to the ring. The ref's like, can you continue? Swerve fights. Swerve fights underneath the whole match, selling his bad ribs throughout, like, has trouble trying to power out through stuff, try to you know, suplex and stuff over and over and over. He ends up getting overcame by Gallagher. Gallagher wins, so uh, those two both end up one and two in the tournament. Um, the group B final for that is Phantasma versus... Tozawa? Yep, that's what it is. Yep, winner, winner gets in. Um, so, we end up getting... After that, Caden Carter versus Caden Carter versus Single A. Um, single Ooh. A is trying to impress Robert Stone. Um, she has the advantage in the match. Robert Stone comes out and walks halfway, walks all the way to the bottom of the ramp. He's intrigued, right? She has the match won. She's on the top rope. She looks over at Robert Stone and is like, "All right, I'm gonna add a panache to this. Uh, you know, I want to be part of this Robert Stone brand." She she turns herself around. She goes for a moonsault. As she turns around, Kane Carter gets her off the rope and beats her. They show the replay. They show Robert Stone on the brand or, 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 or at the bottom of the ramp, looking fucking disgusted. Damn. <laughs> just, just just like look at this trash. Like <laughs> it was so funny. So uh, then from there, Aaliyah gets out the ring and he and, and is like, "Do you still want me? Do you still want me?" And like it was almost I I liked it so much because like his his mannerisms remind me of like if this were Prince <laughs> Prince would just be like mm, no so he's so he goes to walk away slowly and then up the ramp and then she grabs his hand and he tur- uh, to stop him in his tracks he stops turns around grabs his off hand like as if he was grabbing something nasty grabbed her hand asked to be unhanded took her hand off of his hand and continued walking away I fucking love this thing this is the best thing Robert Stone has ever done just by being wow. a snooty dick <laughs> I have turned around on Robert Stone and Robert Stone brand ever since that uh that thing they did with uh the best way I can explain it is like they were basically trying to show to a bunch of horny dudes that like, oh, l- look at look at Chelsea as he's talking about the brand or whatever else. But like mm-hmm. ever since then, like it seems like they have a focus of like we're trying to push her. She's a, she's hot. You like her? Like I think she's a diamond in the rough or not diamond in the rough. I think she's a diamond. Y'all should too look at her. And these are aspirations. And then like ever since then with the Aaliyah stuff and like him being like. I think I could use it as a pin eater. Oh no, you trash. You losing to Caden Carter. I don't want no parts of you. Let me get away from you. Like I just, I thought, like I, I like what he's doing now. Like, do I think that like um, he do he's doing a better job than what um, uh, what's his name would do? Uh, Stokely. Stokely would do. Hell no. But 
I now see the the value now. I now see that, like he can go out here take a bump. He can be he's a he's a good he's good at facial expressions. I, I I'm on board now. Like I don't think he's gonna be like take shooting to the top of the of the division. But like so he, so he's Jimmy people. Hart then um and Stokely Bobby Heenan. In a way, yes, yes. That's <laughs> as far as your talent level. Yes, I would say that. Um. They did dinner with the Garganos. The second one they've done. This is not as good as the first one. Um, the context is we're the Garganos. We want the Lees and the Yims. Basically, um, I think that is the se- the first one was fine. The second one is now annoying because now you're at a point where it's like they're having a conversation with each other, and it's supposed to be realistic that these two people are have found love in their awfulness um, of them both being awful. Yet, um, what they are doing is looking after doing that looking dead into the camera from a different camera shot and then they change the camera like they change to black and white and they put this effect on where like now they're in the twilight zone and you can see their actual inner feelings as a monologue i don't like it like they could do all what they're doing with, like they're doing being sweet to each other and then bury as as they bury people get over what they're trying to say and i feel it'd be a lot more effective than like this is serious this is looney tunes and we go back and forth back and forth as they both cut their inner monologues Mm-hmm. and it goes too long so yeah um that's where we're headed like gargano was funny when he's talking about like look at look at this look at this you see that guy Dijakovic? he's seven foot three he's 380 pounds you see me beating this guy look at this, stu- look at this stud beating this guy up look at this stud beating this guy up. you married this guy candace you married this guy. like it was funny um and then like i do enjoy the part where like johnny is putting over Casey Cadenzaro to Candace and Candace is no selling it. She's like, baby, you were great last week. You beat up a ninja. And she's like, she's not a ninja. Well, she's a warrior. She's not a warrior, Johnny. Well, she's American. Yeah, she's American. Like, I enjoyed that part when they're like playing off each other. But like, they're in their, their thing where they like go to evil hill thing where they cut their promo in the middle of it. That needs to be 86. That needs to be out of there. But I heard it. Candace look crazy right now. They got her with like grayish purple hair and dark lipstick, and her hair looks a bit of a mess. But I don't know. Like I feel like, given her music, given Johnny's music, give and given uh, Candace's gear, I feel like this is all thrust upon them quickly, and they're still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, um, the main event, and I forgot to mention this. Um, at some point. Riddle was backstage and asked, and got on a Skype call or a Zoom call with Regal and said, I want to match with Thatcher tonight to solve this shit. Like, this is bullshit. I'm going to fight this dude. So, as he gets the as he gets the permission to get the match, Thatcher, or uh, Riddle gets interviews like, what, what did Riddle just say? Or what did uh, Regal just say? I get in a match with Thatcher. All of a sudden, on the background, you see Thatcher show up. He looks to the left. He sees a flat screen TV or something. He grabs that flat screen and bashes that man. <laughs> bashes that man against uh, Riddle. So in the main event is Riddle, who has worn an ass whooping early in the match, got his ass whooped with a with a <laughs> with a flat screen, wrestling against a fre- a pretty fresh uh, Thatcher. And they proceeded to have um, a tough, ugly ass match, and I mean that in all the good ways. Like they wrestled, they worked for they worked body parts where like you know uh, it wasn't like the, the saber type of work. It was like I'll work apart. I'll work apart. You protect. You protect. All right, let me go to another part because you, you slip and like they roll. They did rolling at the beginning of the match. Like, and then all of a sudden they get up and they start exchanging like slaps to the face, slaps to the chest, oh, palm strikes, 
Like this could have been a blood. This could have been a um, what's it called? What's the shit called? Uh, that uh, what's it called Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking of. This could have been a Bloodsport match, except for one spot. Riddle went to the top rope and went for his corkscrew that he does, except like that ain't no rope. Up. Right, right. So that, that can work. But <laughs> aside from aside from that one spot, like there was no rope running. It was basically. We are rolling on the floor. We are striking each other. We are suplexing the shit at each other. We are trying to get submissions. I love this match. Like uh, this is this is the best match of the week that I saw. Um. So so yeah. Like at the end, Riddle gets a knee bar. I'm sorry. Uh, Thatcher gets a knee bar. Riddle um can't get out of it after fighting and fighting and fighting and trying to get different ways to get out of it. He can't get out of this knee bar. So Riddle gets up to his feet and ends up getting Thatcher on his shoulders. The ref counts three. They get out of it that way. And then Thatcher blows his stat and then puts him in his... His move is actually the Fujiwara armbar. He puts him in a Fujiwara armbar, which he tried a couple times in the match. Um, and then he... And then Riddle, like, taps crazily to try to get out of it. Because, like, he, he's got his ass whooped all show long. This, this dude's a tough motherfucker. He had him beat until, you know, he lucked out by, you know, doing the shoulder thing. And he beat Riddle's ass. And I... Thought like this is a hell of a way to get a dude over in four weeks. Like I thought they did a really good job with Thatcher and however many weeks he's been on um, NXT. Like he now seems like a legitimate player out of nowhere when he really seemed like they were just trying to make him a tag guy for for Dunn. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I mean, I guess that's the end of the show. Anything else you want to say? Um, I just sent a text to Julian that said Reggie greater than MJ. Oh man. Alright, so that's in the show. Be sure to read us on whatever app you use and listen to this. Um tell the folks about the Soul Suplex Podcast Network. Um make sure to check out our, our friends at powerslam.tv, the sponsor of the show. If you're a fan of pro wrestling from all over the world, uh I'm sorry, if you're a fan of independent pro wrestling, they have uh over five thousand hours of footage from all over the world. You can use the code Soul Suplex to get get your free month's trial. Also check us out at um, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex and pick up some official Social Suplex Podcast Network merchandise. Um, also, check out the Patreon. Rich, what is the info on the Patreon? It's Patreon.com slash One Nation Radio. All right, I'll remember, I will remember that eventually. I may I may even write that up. Um, <laughs> then from there, also, uh, check out the rest of the shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we have One Nation Radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keeping a Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show. Every other Wednesday, we have Roman Watches shit. On Friday, we have Get in the Ring. And on Saturday, we have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening. Later. Peace.